when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulana. All right, and we're back for another episode of the Not Historians. I'm Shalom. I'm Desmond, and we are joined today by a very special guest. My name is Chris. It's Chris. Chris uh, from the, the Nerdtastic Four. Yes. Chris from Massive Score on YouTube. Yes. Same li- a shameless self-promotion, right? That's, that's why he's here, right? Go check out my YouTube. Uh, I haven't done anything in weeks. <laughs> no, but you, you, you have tons of stuff on there. You have, I, I mean, I have back, 534 a- videos. Surely one of them you'll enjoy. So just watch all of them. Find just watch them, all find of them. them. Let me know which one you like in the comments, and I'll reply right. and go, oh... Yeah, that sounds, that sounds valid. That's kind That's of how it. we how handled this show. Like, people reach out on Twitter or whatever. They say, uh, guys, this episode kind of sucked. I'm like, thanks. Uh, you could leave a review. You know, that that's more helpful to other people, too. Leave a one star. And then we'll all know who to hate. Before we get too far into our topic, because today we have a really cool topic. We're kicking off a series that Shalom wanted to do because we've done slavery. We've done gangsters. We've done... <laughs> I feel like I didn't want to do slavery. No, 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 I'll tell you. No, 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 they didn't want to do slavery. You didn't want to do slavery, so we're we're making up for it by doing this this little arc, this sub-series that you wanted to do of video game, consoles, companies, history. Yeah. So we put the whole thing together. We got special guests for almost every episode, I think. Actually, I think we do. Uh, So we're not going to tell you which ones, but you should probably know. If you're interested in this sort of thing, you can probably guess which companies we're going to hit. Chris, that's why today is the Tamagotchi episode. That's right. That's right. Uh, and also, I guess some of the knockoff brands will cover it. No, it's Nintendo. But yeah, we'll uh, before, that. before we do that, we have some <coughs> corrections. Chris, you can help us with these. You can comment. Let us know how stupid they are to make. Right. Um, we had Nucky Johnson in episode. Oh, yeah, Johnson. we did. Episode ten. It was nine. Episode nine. 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 Yeah, episode nine. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's nine. Okay. And uh, so that's correction one. It's episode nine, not ten. And we kept, like, Enoch is his name. It is, but we, everyone calls him Nuck or Nucky in the series, which is how we, we learned right. about him. Because he was ba- the TV character was based on Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not mention that his real name's Enoch. It's right. not really a big oversight because Nucky is what he would go by, but we figured we'd mention it. Absolutely. Also, in the uh, D.B. Cooper episode, I had spoonerisms, as I do, usually edited out. But it was the beginning of the show, so I couldn't. And I said B.D. Cooper uh, two or three times. So, his, sorry. His brother. Yes. 
Yeah. His, his twin brother. His twin brother. Who also jumped out of the plane. But definitely He was died. in the bathroom. Yeah. So one it's of them not died. ambiguous with him. Like, one, we one found the, his body. He had no money. One of them died. One That's of them survived. It's Schrodinger's hijacker. That's how it works. You don't know which one's which. I don't think we know. Right. Um, no one does. Also, we were, we were contacted by somebody who has knowledge of Illinois. Illinois. And they said it does, in fact, have shade. So the shade, Shady Rest is a legit... Wasn't just a euphemism. It was in fact shade. Quick okay. correction from the guest: Illinois. Illinois is a great place. I it's, hope everyone can visit it. I want. I want to see Chicago one day. Chicago Chicago's. <laughs> Chicago's. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, just 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 to clear the record, Steve Buscemi is in fact uh, five nine. No, I'm five nine in reality. I, right. I'm five ten, but you know I'm really five nine. And we said that Nucky was like uh, six four or six three somewhere yeah. in there, uh, which is actually the height of Peter Stromer, who I said I knew was taller than Steve Buscemi from Fargo. Mm. So boom, yes, that that's the height difference. If you want to know what the real Nucky looked like, the TV Nucky freeze frame a shot of Fargo. Okay. Uh, we have a patron because we have a Patreon. Oh. Uh, you can go check that out. It's just Patreon slash Not Historians. Oh, and who's that? Who's our patron? Ray Walden Jr. Oh, man. Shout out to you. Thank you, Ray. And he's really active on our Twitter and Facebook and the Patreon page. And he's always bringing up cool facts and information. Like, it's awesome. Interested. Yeah. Uh, he actually pointed out in the Buddy Holly uh, episode uh-huh. that Hank Williams Sr., when he died, they did a tribute concert the next day. So it's not weird when we were asking, is it weird? You thought... The industry forced them to do it. Apparently, it's a thing that was done at the time. Mm-hmm. So, not weird. Um, oh, Twitter. I'll get you guys input because I know you all voted. But we had a presidential cage fight between George Washington, Abe Lincoln, and uh, good old Teddy Roosevelt. Now, who would you pick to win this fight? Um, you know, just by nature and knowing the history that I do of the of all presidents, or those three, right? Naturally. You naturally I mean, know the I naturally know it. I, okay. I, I, I was, was around. Born. You were born, born with, with this knowledge. knowledge. Okay. Uh, Ted Roosevelt is who I would have chosen to win. I would have chosen Abraham Lincoln because I saw him kill a bunch of vampires. I would have also chose uh, Abraham Lincoln because he was freakishly strong. He was super strong. He was tall. Yeah. And he's like gangly. That like, reach. Yeah, he's got reach. Like, if he gets yeah. into a boxing match, like, everyone's like, but Teddy's a boxer. Are you kidding me? You Look at how reach Lincoln. Lincoln could Lincoln's hit him from get, a mile away. Yeah. I think it's over. Washington is the underdog, but here's the thing with Washington. He's not a small man. Right. He's definitely a soldier, so he has some sort of fighting. And he's a tactician. But he's got that hair. He just grabs his hair. But it's a wig. Boom. And oh, you can't knock his teeth out. He's already got the wooden teeth. He didn't have wooden teeth, but he's already got the false teeth. Hippo ivory. And you just hit him in the jaw and they just fly out. And he's like, that's not a new, that's not a new situation. Let's go. It's not a new situation. All right. That's fair. Okay. Twitter picked a uh, good old TR. So you, oh, yeah. you, you were right. I, I guess. You know, I mean. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're wrong, <laughs> but they've, they've spoken. Yeah. Twitter is right. You're wrong. I don't know how that oh. works, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out in the back end. No idea. We also asked people uh, what kind of merchandise they want. We've been kicking around some designs. People said shirts and stickers. That was the winner of the poll. But there was a big upheaval. Pitchforks were bought to get hats thrown into. So we'll have really nice top hats with our stuff on them that you can buy. Top hats? Oh, yeah. yeah I think we have to be I mean, formal. I think we have to be formal. formal. All right. No, they'll, they'll probably be like snapbacks or trucker hats. I'm not spending money until somebody but, starts but, buying hats. But would the hat say Not Historians Podcast or would it say... I'm not a historian. Like, that's a branded thing, but, like, it wouldn't seem... 
Uh, they confusing would, to people. They would say things like that. They would also say things like booty noodle, booty noodle soup, soup or booty. don't get raped by sharks. Don't. <laughs> and you're, you're Chris, for those that don't know, Chris has been our friend oh, for a very no. long time. So the raping sharks is not something new to him. We're not just surprising him with rape sharks. The, the phrase raping sharks. I mean, who who actually goes out and rapes? I sharks? mean, people are definitely surprised by shark rape, but are they? I feel like the like, people that are bold enough to rape sharks are not surprised by that. No, no, the the sharks are doing the raping. Like, I thought this cage was safe. <laughs> now I'm being assaulted. They pretensel so they can. <laughs> oh man. All right, so getting into the show today, the show topic is the history of Nintendo. Uh, Chris is here with us today because he is an avid, he's an avid Nintendoist. Nintendoist. I don't feel like any of that's right. Uh, <laughs> he the, is Chris. Any he of the Chris. grammar. You mean none of the grammar was right. <laughs> he's Chris. He is, he's avid, I guess. Uh, I'm an avid Nintendoist. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. Never never heard that in my life, <laughs> but, but sure. You know, I coined the phrase, it's copywritten. Or, uh, excuse me, copywriting. No, Chris is definitely a Nintendo guy. We've known each other for 25 years. I, I, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I venture 26 years. Who knows? Uh, and Nintendo is probably the, the foundation work of our friendships. Like, we met... Registering for kindergarten, we were like, "Hey, did you did you have you played Donkey Kong Country?" And I was like, "No." It's like, "Oh, where do you live? Walk to my house, and I will show you this." It's true. I it's think actually, I, I had an into, I had a Game Boy backpack. Uh, that yeah. may have been it. I don't yeah. know where it just looked like a big Game Boy. Yeah. I'm like, I couldn't hold this if it was actually a Game Boy. It was too big. Yeah. But the great thing about here's a stupid Nintendo story related to Chris. Go ahead. In elementary school, I had this great idea. I was going to start a company, because this is how companies work. I was going to start a company that sells Nintendo products. <laughs> but it was going to be like Donkey Kong Soda. Okay. And Mario Gum. And for some reason, I was like, I'm going to be rich. And it was because I was in third grade didn't know how anything worked. You, so, la- you laugh about I mean, that, but, but that's literally what people do. Kind well, of, that's yeah, it's kind well, of how Nintendo, but I'm saying, do you remember Hastings when you go to Hastings and they had all the little tins with the mints in them and they were stars and boxes? And then they had like sodas that were Donkey Kong and sodas. Yeah. So you're right, it, the, the process worked. I just think uh, it's probably too advanced for third grade. For the yeah, listeners, I think we need to, we need to one, have a moment of silence for Hastings. Your entertainment superstore. And then explain what Hastings was. <laughs> Hastings was a local chain where we had a lot of anime. It was an entertainment It's like if Amazon store. was a building. Yeah. That's why it doesn't exist anymore because Amazon, Amazon is exists. not a building. Uh, fair point. Uh, but you could go there. Literally, they had sports equipment. But it started out as like movie rental and right. magazines and video games. Hell yeah. And it was like a super cracked out version of uh, Blockbuster. Imagine Blockbuster yeah. on steroids. That's what this thing was. And you go there and buy comic books. You can yep. go there and buy action figures. And it was nice. It was not your traditional local gaming shop clutter and locale. Right. It was a big budget production of it. Yep. And uh, anyway, they went out of business last year. It all went downhill when they tore down the two-story building. Yeah, it really yeah. did. That's when everything why. went to crap. I don't know how. That we had good times sense. in that building. We'll tell the story on one of the off-the-air episodes. Oh, we definitely will. We'll have mm-hmm. off-the-air episodes because people did say that they would like to hear behind the scenes in mm-hmm. some of our stories that we never tell that we're like, one day. <laughs> one day. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Hastings was really cool. Cool place. So you yep. said your story was that. Now, with Hastings... Did you have any Nintendo memories involving Hastings? Because you brought it up like you did. You know, I, I did. Um, I had several. In fact, you know, Blockbuster was kind of a in, at the time where they were com- they were competing against Hastings here in town. 
when when I remember. And I remember renting systems from Blockbuster, but I'd rent games from Hastings. Because mm. Hastings, I don't recall for a while, they rented systems. I mean, I know they did at some point in time, yeah. but they didn't yeah. at first. Yeah. I don't, re- I don't remember. Now, Nintendo, for me, is one of those things that I really remember because my parents were mm. kind of gamers at the beginning. And not even just Nintendo. We had a ColecoVision. That was the first. Nice. For kids that yeah. don't know. Uh, Which I feel like kid- is everyone. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying there's kids that are younger to listen yeah. to the show or older yeah. they don't listen to the show there's a very specific time frame where like we didn't have cell phones right we didn't and not every house had a computer mm-hmm. your TV channels were like five and you had <laughs> or you had a big like satellite dish like I did in your backyard to get extra yeah. channels yeah and believe it or not video game consoles were not everywhere and everyone knew about them like you were a serious nerd in 1990, even if you went to school and were like, oh, so yeah. video games, right? Oh, that yeah. was like one of the biggest ways to be instantly become like nerd. <laughs> True, and I, and I feel like you know Nintendo helped pioneer that era, and I think oh, we're gonna yeah, get into this when yeah. we talk about it. But one right. thing that Nintendo did was they they took video gaming and made it a thing that everybody wanted to do. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm just laying the groundwork here for like my personal experience, like why Nintendo was. I was introduced to it because we had a ColecoVision, and then I think. About the time I was like four or five, when we we moved to Texas, we got a Nintendo. Like yeah. around the time my brother was born, so it was afterwards. <clears throat> but we got a we got a Nintendo. Yeah, and uh, that was it. I got Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Oh, and I think Legend of Zelda. That was the games nice. that I had. Mm-hmm. In the beginning. Uh, now, what about you guys? How do you meet Nintendo? So uh, you might remember Cox Video, not Hastings, not Cox Cable and Internet. There was Cox Video, was their rental place. There were like two in town. We always was we would always rent an NES with a game from them, because I never I, I didn't own an NES till I was an adult. Like the only NESs I ever I ever had were rented with a game. Normally it was like a Tiny Toons game, or I, I'm sure I rented Mario, but like I remember Tiny Toons because I'd always go back to try to beat that one. And then one Christmas I get a Super Nintendo. With uh, Mario All Stars oh, yeah, and Mario World, and years later, find out that my dad just straight up stole that Super Nintendo from a Kmart. Remember Kmart? back before video games were behind glass cases, yeah, and before there were like all these detectors at every door. He just walked in and grabbed one and was like, "Hey, it's my kid's Christmas present." And just walked out. Okay, but you got a Super Nintendo. The important thing is, you got a, I got a Super Nintendo. Nintendo. I feel bad. And a Super Scope. And a Super... Yeah, I got a Super Scope. It came with the one game the Super Scope ever had. The mine thing on the moon? Yeah, whatever the hell that thing was. It had like a bunch of little games in it, but... Yeah, so that was my first Nintendo console, was a Super Nintendo, but like I played the NES a lot just renting it and stuff or playing it at friends' houses and all that. Yeah, because Eric had every console known to man. Yeah, and then like... I could very quickly go through my history of consoles... I had I had a Super Nintendo. I got a 64 for Christmas. I ended up selling my 64 in games to buy a Dreamcast for some reason. It was the future. At the time, it was a great decision. Uh, I convinced my grandmother to uh, send me a check for the money to buy a GameCube. Um, I didn't buy a Wii till way late into the Wii cycle. Um, I bought a Wii U at launch, and I bought a Switch at launch. And you also have, like, PlayStation. Yeah, and I have I have other stuff, too. But you're saying but like, just Nintendo-wise. Just Nintendo-wise, yeah. So. Yeah. What, what about you? 
So I, I got introduced to the Nintendo pretty early. Um, I remember being about five years old, and um, we got our first Nintendo at the house. My sister was young too, and my sister was, you know, the type to try to learn to play games. And so I wanted to be the best. I also thought I was Captain N, the Game Master. Do you remember that cartoon? Oh, yeah. I thought I was him. So I had to be the best at every game. And at five, I could beat the Mario games. I mean, I was playing Mario, the, the regular Mario game, doing just fine. And we, um, I mean, that was just my introduction to Nintendo and how fast the, the graphics were and how, how much different they were than just playing Atari. So, I mean, they were in a category of their own at that time. My dad wasn't really big on video games, but my mom was more on, uh, more on the level of you got to have fun. I mean, you got to have that balance of fun. And my dad was more of the video games are going to rot your mind type. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, I didn't have that. My dad, my dad, I think, was the one that taught me how to beat Mario. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was that was it. Yeah, I think we all ended up in the same one because as certain, they were very expensive. Consoles now are expensive, but like relatively, consoles were ginormously expensive. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal. Like games were like a hundred bucks in today's terms. Right. Uh, well, I remember games being more expensive then, too. Like, I remember I actually bought Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island for Super Nintendo with my own money at Hastings, mm-hmm. and it was 70 Yeah, it was like 80 bucks. Like, games now are 60 and you never see them more than that unless you count, like, season passes and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Yoshi's Island was a $70 game. It wasn't no, 60 There was definitely... It was definitely more expensive, so I think... Oh, yeah. We all probably got Nintendos when the Super Nintendo came out. Right. Except for Chris, who got a Super Nintendo yeah, Super when the when the store detectors went down. Yeah. Which which works. I mean, I'm not I'm not jealous. I played many an hour on that Super Nintendo. I true. learned how to play Donkey Kong Country. And I Mario still have it, and it still works, and, and it is yellow, just like all the Super Nintendos. Right? And Mario Paint. We had Mario Paint Mario on Mario Paint was fun with the mouse uh, thing that you had. And the Music Maker. Was that the same that one? Cool that too. was in Mario Paint. Mario Paint. That was in Mario Paint, yeah. I um then I've had you know I've had if we're talking run down of consoles I've had the, the NES the Super Nintendo uh, I had the uh, 64 the N64 uh, I've had a GameCube and I think that's where I st- oh and I have a Wii yeah but I think that's where I stopped as far as Nintendo's concerned right uh, I wanted to get a Switch but when I went to go get a Switch they were all sold out they're still sold out they're doing very well with the I, don't, I don't have a Switch I don't have a Wii U. Mm-hmm. I don't have a GameCube or a Virtual Boy. Everything else they have, including handhelds. Mm-hmm. Nintendo and handhelds go hand in hand. I don't feel like they pioneered the market there, though. But what? They, in the handheld systems? Well, they didn't so do with Game & Watch. Here's the thing about handhelds that's interesting. Did you all have a Game Boy? Yeah. Sure did. Did you have a Game Boy Color? Yeah. Sure did. But did you have a Game Boy Pocket? Yeah. Sure did. I got screwed. I got a Game Boy Pocket like two months before the Color came out, and then that was my only Game Boy. Uh, and I never had a Game Boy Advance. And then the next one I had was a DS. I had, yeah, I had the Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance XP, and Game Boy Micro. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I bought all these like maybe five years ago. Not all at once, but I'm saying right, I right. didn't complete the collection until maybe five, six, seven years right, ago. Yeah. Whenever I saw a Micro and I bought it. But before that, I had a color, a pocket, uh, a light, a color light, I think, or color pocket, whatever it's called. Right, yeah. And well, there was the Game Boy Light that was just a Game Boy with the backlight. Right. Yeah. Well, it was also thinner, like the battery. Oh, right, right, It has right, a yeah. battery hump like the pocket. Yeah. And it had the lights. And then there's yeah. the color, uh, which is and the color, was ar- which is already backlit, too. Yeah. Um, and then the, the there was the advanced, and the advanced uh, SP. SP, and then micro. And then the DS and the 3DS have had way too many iterations. And the, the DS, the, the DSL, or the DS Lite. 
DSi. The DSi and the DSi Lite. And then there's the 3DS and the 3DS XL. And then the new 3DS and the 2DS and the new 3DS XL. And then now there's a new 2DS XL. So, yep. Because they can't stop for some reason. No, I don't know who's buying these different ones. Yeah. I assume it's people like me. They're like, I have to yeah. have them all. But I'm the cheap version of that guy, so I'm like, right. well, wait until everyone doesn't want them anymore. Right, yeah. And yeah. I will buy them. Uh, but that's it. Nintendo's been a company a lot longer than that. I mean, we're talking about games that came out 35 years ago. Right. 30 years ago. Yes. And everyone knows, of course, Donkey Kong. Like, that's sure. Nintendo's original thing. Yeah. But the company goes way, way back. Farther. Way, way back. Oh, yeah. uh, before Nintendo was founded... In September of 1889. That's right. It doesn't sound right. It's like, that's when there were horses and no cars. <laughs> right. right. Nintendo was a thing when there weren't cars. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Nintendo's older than cars. Older than cars. The that's movie true. and the vehicles. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's awesome. It's <laughs> very valid fact. I don't, I don't think any, if someone wants I'm to challenge you about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just stating true facts. No, it's crazy. It's just yeah. crazy. Because they started out as a car company, right? Right. And did you know that Nintendo holds a World Cup? There's a Nintendo Cup. Are you serious? And it's for bridge. Oh, so it's not like the Mario Kart? <laughs> no. <laughs> they, they hold, Nintendo holds like one tournament that I'm aware of, and it's, it's for bridge because they're a car Well, company. they had a Nintendo World Championship yeah, back too. in the day that was like a competition for games on like the NES and the Super Nintendo, and then they stopped. And they brought it back like two years ago for the Wii U. For um, <clears throat> I think they had the tournament split up. There was Mario Kart 8, and then there was Mario Maker that hadn't come out yet at that point. So they had custom levels that people were competing to beat these really hard mm-hmm. Nintendo-made levels. Yeah, I just think it's funny that the Nintendo Cup, like the thing that sounds the most it's prestigious. for Bridge. Yeah. It's for Bridge, I believe. That's what I read. I'm going with it because it's a funny that's, story. That's pretty weird. Uh, also, you said it was founded in September. You know what's always been cool to me? Hmm. It was founded the day before my birthday. The 23rd. 23rd. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's the day before my birthday. That's the only reason I'm like, hey, that's a very cool thing. Um, so who's the founder of Nintendo? Like. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. <laughs> what does Nintendo mean? Let's, all, let's get that out of the way. Cause I, all I right. So be- here's the thing. There's a lot of dispute about what it means. A lot of people think it's leave luck to heaven or something like that. Right. right. This is- and then they're like, well, no. It could also mean, like, there's like a list of things. And they're like, it might just be just a made-up sound or word. Because a lot of companies, like, Pepsi doesn't mean it. Right, and it's made up of three kanji, which are like three Japanese. <laughs> right, 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 Nintendo. Right. So you're pronouncing it right when you say it that way, guys. Nintendo. But uh, it probably is leave luck to heaven in my mind. Right. Because here's the thing. That seems like a saying you would have for gambling, and since you're making playing Very cards. true. And none of, I, like, I looked at this list, and I was like, this is going to be contentious as shit. I know. People are going to be like, why, why did you say it was this? Because... They were a gambling card company. <laughs> they were. Absolutely. Well, yeah, but, like, their cards were also just, like, trading cards and, like, naked ladies or promiscuous hey, hey, ladies Yeah, they made cards. money. It, they made well, no, money. I'm not knocking them for it. I'm just saying it wasn't just gambling. Well, right, no, right. no, no, no. They made the Hanafuda, which is, like, the very meticulous yeah, detail, yeah, yeah. detail like, cards. Like, they were... And he would draw them. Like, and he would do that because, like, in Japan at that point in time, gambling had become illegal. And so you had, there was like a, a big push to shut things Well, it down. actually, actually was legal five years before he founded the company. Ah. Playing cards had been legalized only five years before uh, Fusijiro. Uh, Fusijiro, yeah. Uh, Yamauchi. 
Is so, it Yamauchi or Yamauchi? Yamauchi. Yeah. Oh, well. I have no idea. I don't know much words. I ordered a Kofi earlier. And they're like, do you mean coffee, sir? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Y-A-M-A-U-C-H-I. Yeah. Yamauchi. So. I'm just relying. I'm just relying on like my three years of Japanese college. Okay. They did their card thing from 89 to 56. And the business started slipping. And they had the great idea, which I think is a great idea. They went to Disney and licensed Disney properties to put on cards, hoping mm-hmm. that those would generate sales. sales better. Yeah. It didn't. Well, what was crazy was, did you hear about the trip that he took? Because I think it was his uh, grandson, right? Was, I can't remember. Uh, yes. Hiroshi went. Sorry. The grandson, Hiroshi, went to Disney and also went to the, uh, the U.S. playing card company, the biggest manufacturer of mm-hmm. playing cards in North America. And the two things he realized was, one, Disney had a massive empire. They weren't just what he thought Disney was. Like, right. Disney was everything. And he saw how big the parks were and their operation, this massive media company. Right. And then he went to the U.S. Playing Car Company, which is a version of him, and realized that they were pretty much managed out of one little office. Right, yeah. And not like a big, giant castle, which is like how he thought the company was. Right, yeah. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> we're, we're caught uh, somewhere in the middle of this. Because we need to be it. But Nintendo had something that I think the U.S. playing card company didn't. And this is really the key to the success, so I think it's time to mention it. Their distribution chain. Ha, huh, yes, I agree. Nintendo had already set up like their own distribution. And this is something they do till this day. Even when they have their own events, like to announce stuff. Like they're very independent because they can afford to be. They've already set the grain, the framework for it. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so playing cards fail, even with uh, Donald Duck and the co. Because I don't, I'm, Donald Duck's bigger than Mickey Mouse. Sorry, facts. He doesn't wear pants. He doesn't, and he's still a boss. Think about that. So Nintendo. It's <laughs> <laughs> a company. Nintendo's a company. Uh, they uh, So when they realized that they were failing, right? Mm-hmm. They tried a whole bunch of different things. All kinds of things. They cases. sure did, yeah. One of the things that they tried was... A rice cooking, a rice cooking company, yeah, failed miserably. They yeah. also they also tried taxis. Uh, yep. They tried taxis. Okay. Yep. They tried taxis, and they also tried the pay by the hour love motels or yep. hotels, where they said that adults would meet to play games together. Because <laughs> that had to be that had to be the official description. It's like, hey, you can pay by the hour to play video games together. It's like that's exactly what we're gonna do. Hey, we're gonna play been- some backgammon. Is that a video game? No, it's a board game. It's a That's board. my point. That's all. I think his point was they weren't going to play video. <laughs> the point is they're not playing anything. God, they're playing. Uh, he's like, why wouldn't your cover story check out? Like, well, congratulations, yeah. detective. They checked into a brothel and didn't play video game. They also made a love tester machine. Oh yeah, where you hold balls. Where you each each person. Okay, so two people like in. One hand, they hold a ball, a metal ball. See? Oh, you're serious. The I other hand, it. they'd hold you're hands mad. together. And then this device would it like, was an have an electrical impulse thing that would just say, on a scale of 0 to 100, how compatible you are. It's an E-meter. Yeah. That's where Elrond used to buy them from Nintendo. Not really, but I'm just saying. It looks like an E-meter, if you've ever seen both yeah. of the devices. It looks like one of those body fat testers where it's just mechanical, like, electrical resistance testers. Mm-hmm. You just hold them. So, I don't know. And then they made light gun machines. They did. This is because the guy who's the no who's the guy that came up with the Paul Rudd. He's the guy that came up with the Game Watch and the Game Boy too. I don't remember. 
remember. Yokoi. Or Yokoi. Yeah, anyway. I remember seeing the name right and right. Yeah. Yeah. So he did the love tester, but he also was head of the department afterwards. They came up right. with the and he came up with the, the, the stretchy arm thing, you know, the collapsible arm thing. Right. Which yeah. is one of those things that I feel like everybody has seen those before and nobody realizes the scissor that's a Nintendo arms. thing. Nintendo yeah, did it. Yeah, he yeah. invented it as like a toy to amuse himself. Yeah. The boss saw it and was like, Hey, we should sell that as a toy. And it was their first success as a toy. Like they tried to make other toys and mm-hmm. had mild success, but they never invented anything. They sold like Twister. And then this right. dude's like, hey, I have this thing, this Reacher that compacts. And they were like, yeah, we'll sell that as a toy. Hmm. So they did, and it worked. And then he was like, also, I have an idea for this machine where you hold metal balls. And they were like, that works. And he's like, also, this thing, it's called a Game & Watch. You take an LED screen and you make it yeah. little figures move on it by pressing buttons. And they were like, we can try that. And that ended up being like Nintendo from then on. Yep. So thanks to this one guy who I think at one point was a janitor for the company, they... Uh, yeah. Blew up. Yep. But the light guns, the light guns were super important. They're laser guns, by the way, Chris. Laser guns. So with the light guns, in 1976, laser. I think it's 76. I didn't write this down. I just remembered this. Okay. I remember reading this. I think it's 76 is when a game comes out called Duck Hunt. Okay. It's a light gun game or laser gun game, whatever. <laughs> but it's interesting because that means that Duck Hunt on the NES was the first video game remake, technically. <laughs> Because it was a remake of their light gun game. It might have been the first Nintendo. I'm, like, a lot of games are clones. Like, uh... <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay, so here's here's where we get into this. I have this all these consoles broken down by generation. And okay. I didn't I didn't realize this until I wrote this down. What do you think is Nintendo's first console, Shalom? Um, the Famicom? No. No, they had the 6-in-1, right? The Nintendo TV 6-in-1 thing? 7-in-1? Yeah. The, <laughs> the name of it was literally Color TV Game. Oh, okay. Wow. And then, like, the good. one you'd buy is Color TV Game 6. Okay. And it would just have six different kinds of Pong. Oh, yeah, okay. But that was their first console. But that was really common, though, during that era, was to have the games, like, the cabinet games that were just built in. They had yeah. built-in games, because they right. had memory, they didn't... It was yeah. the way that things were So, done. the Color TV Game came out in June 77. Sold 3 million units. Wow. And the only thing it had to compete with was the Coleco Telstar, which had come out a year earlier. Mm. Wait a minute, wasn't the Odyssey out then? But was it in Japan? The Odyssey, okay, the Odyssey is considered second generation. So okay. this is the first generation of consoles. It's well, I was just, in TV 77, game. I didn't know if, if the, when the Odyssey came out. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so the Coleco Telstar was like the only thing released what? around the same time. That makes sense, because cool. I know that the, in Japan, like they always sell well, but they've always sold well. They being Nintendo? Yeah. So then the second generation... On this whole list of generations, the second generation is the only generation that Nintendo didn't have its own console. But the second generation is when the ColecoVision came out. And when we bought the ColecoVision, it came with Donkey Kong. Ah, so this is where they start to... Because Nintendo actually took out or took Donkey Kong. Because I think there was something that I've read in the research where there was like a partnership between ColecoVision and that was supposed to happen. And Nintendo. Like, they were going to introduce Nintendo in America. Right. right? Nintendo and partnership falling through pretty much makes their entire line of consoles. It's, we'll it's, it's pretty great, actually, because what happened was they were making a game about Popeye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is Donkey Kong. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and Popeye was going to be saving olive oil from Bluto. Because mm. the Robin Williams movie was coming out. Yeah. They, they, this was the tie-in game. And that was going to be the game that came with the ColecoVision was Popeye. 
And because they couldn't secure the rights or they, the rights fell through or whatever it was that happened, they're like, okay, well, we made this game. We still think it'll be fun. Let's just make something up. So they made up Jumpman. They made up Donkey Kong. And they made up Pauline, wasn't it? Pauline yeah. and Donkey Kong, yeah. So is this Jumpman before Drake's song, Jumpman? Yes, obviously. Oh, I mean, I don't even know what that song is, so definitely. Well, it's funny because this is Miyamoto's Drake was alive. Miyamoto. <laughs> Miyamoto, you know, who would go on to be the god of video games. <laughs> who would go on to be Miyamoto. Oh, yeah. He he was a he was an artist. He was like a staff artist. Right? Yeah. Like 29 years old, staff artist. And they solicited ideas from everyone. And the guy who'd come up with the game and watch, uh, Yokoi, was like, hey, I really like your ideas. Let's talk. And then he showed him how to make... So this guy is really the, the genius behind Nintendo. I feel like we all say Miyamoto... But at some point, I think we have to acknowledge this dude because he's the one that made the love tester that finally got to mentor. He came mm-hmm. up with the Game Boy. I mean, well, he didn't come up. He headed the department. He saw the development yeah. of the Game Boy, saw the right. development of the Game & Watch, got them into the deal. And he was the mentor to Miyamoto. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is all very important. I also thought it was funny that they originally were in light games. That was their big arcade hit, was they would come up with these laser gun games where yeah. you would go there like it was a gun range because you don't have guns in Japan. And you could shoot at virtual clay. And they were a big hit where they were. But then the oil crisis hit. And they people were like, I like going to work and going to get groceries more than shooting virtual clay. Do you guys remember at Wonderland, our local amusement park, we had one of those where it was like a virtual clay pigeon shooter thing. No, I don't remember that. Because, like, there's... I I haven't been to Wonderland in so long, but there used to be an arcade little area. Right. I don't know if that's still there. Yeah. But in there, I think it was to the right, there was just a a virtual light gun clay pigeon shooting thing. That's cool. And uh, it was weird because you'd see it frame by frame move. So... Mm. If you'd think that'd make it easier. No, because you'd shoot and then it would move and then you missed. It's very weird. But, but uh yeah, that, very, that, that kind of thing. And that was that was there was their big deal and Japanese were crazy for it, but the problem was money. They were expensive yeah. to install and stuff. Because yeah, yeah. you pretty much needed like a whole room to make a gun range and then right. Which is were, the problem people have with VR now. You have to have like a whole room yeah. to serve for well, I mean, That's the whole idea. Yeah. But they did make like a mini system eventually and of course you know, light guns became a thing for the right. zapper. Right. But so back to um, the the console wars. I was gonna say, like, okay, for, so for the second generation of consoles, the what competed with the ColecoVision was the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, the Intellivision, and the the Odyssey. Hmm. Is all what came around that time that they were considered the same generation. Um. So then, obviously, third generation is Shalom. We said earlier. Oh, the Famicom. Famicom, exactly. And the Master System, right? Uh, yeah, so competing with that was the SG-1000, which was Sega's first console. And I, when I looked at the picture, I was like, I've never Is it the one that. with the little switch and everything? It's on? like yeah. this. Yeah, no, no, it looks like a PlayStation like, 1. That isn't, it looks even worse because it's like thin and like wide. It looks like, uh, it looks very weird. So SG-100, the Master System, and then the Atari 7800. But the NES sold 61.9 million units, which, like, eclipsed. Like, the ColecoVision only sold 2 million. The Color TV game sold 3 million units between the different versions of it. So that's why people say that, like, Nintendo saved video games from dying, because it wasn't ever that big 
Before then, even. Well, yeah. we had the crash. We had the crash. Because, so, yeah. like, Atari had crashed. We don't forget, in, like, 83. Did, yeah. Yeah. The whole gaming, like, people put it out on uh, things like uh, E.T. the game. Right. That game was pretty awful. Okay, but the problem was that it was oversaturation of the market for what it could support at the time. Like, everyone was making it. Donkey Kong had come out. Donkey Kong was huge. The only problem I've ever had with Donkey Kong is, at the beginning of the game, Donkey Kong jumps and makes the half the beams fall. Why didn't he just jump a few more times and drop one of those beams on Mario's head? I don't know. <laughs> but he's a monkey. He's a dumb monkey. Donkey Kong. We get it. But I, I thought it was interesting. But the market collapses. So yeah. that's really why Nintendo saved it. Because Nintendo saved it. because Not because Donkey Kong. Because they made the NES. Mm-hmm. The NES... I mean, we all. I think we've all played that generation, third generation of. Oh yeah. Have, have you played what? Which systems have you played on there? All of them. Um, I mean, I played the Master System and the NES. I never played the SG One Thousand. I didn't know existed. And I played the Atari, but I'm pretty sure the only Atari I played was the Twenty Six Hundred. Now it's a Fifty Two, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played any other or Atari other than the Twenty Six Hundred. I mean, I played a few on this on that list, um, but the one that stands out the most is the Master System. But if you, because the Atari, the difference is one's the wood grain, one's the metal. Yeah. Or the rainbow. Depending right, on which yeah, one you have. Yeah. yeah. They, they were cool for what they were, but they were definitely behind. Right. Absolutely. But if you played the D pad, was like the biggest damn difference. Like the controls on, even Sega's controls are clunky. They have too many buttons for what they do at the time. Yeah. And uh, I think Nintendo just made something perfect. Like that's my personal opinion. I don't know if you wrote this down, because I know I didn't, but sometime in the mid-2000s, Nintendo was awarded an Oscar or an Emmy or something for a, their technolo- technological achievement in making the control pad. Yeah. Like, they gave it, like, 20 years late, but it's, like, because of that control pad. Like, that's why the control pad's on the PlayStation and on the Xbox don't look anything like that and aren't as responsive as a Nintendo one because Nintendo owns that. Mm-hmm. And it had, like Microsoft and Sony and whoever would have to license that from them. Right. And they're big on licensing things, Nintendo is, but you're going to pay for it. I mean, oh, yeah. Really are. Well, yeah. You know what I thought was crazy is when the Famicom launched, mm-hmm. the titles that they had were Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and Popeye. <laughs> they finally got the one. Yeah, it's like, well, we got Popeye. I remember playing Popeye on... Oh, yeah, I play everybody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was pretty much a knockoff of Donkey Kong. Yeah, but. it's like, well, let's go ahead and make this. It's like, yeah, we're running up to something. Which, which, which <laughs> seems really shitty considering that Donkey Kong Jr. is such a different game. It's a fun game. It's true. But it's just such a different game. It's like Popeye, you had to just remake? Why did you... Yeah. It Popeye seems like weird. Like, now, um, in the U.S., when the NES launched... The Nintendo Entertainment System, for those yeah. that aren't familiar with the lingo here, it had 17 games. And I didn't realize that some of the games were just, like, amazing games. Well, because the system came out here two years after it came out in Japan. So, right. like, it had time for some games to build up. Right. But I was like, it came out with Duck Hunt, Excite Bike, Golf, Ice Climbers, Wrecking Crew, and Super Mario Brothers. Don't those you miss some the simplicity of the, games. of the time whenever, like, a game could come out? Like, what's that game called? Golf. Yeah. <laughs> Not Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2017 The Masters. It's like, uh, this is just called Golf. Skull. What's this one called? Nintendo still does just make yeah. this game golf. Like, what's, what's this game called? Tennis. Super Golf. Super, super Golf. <laughs> golf 64. Yeah. What I miss about the simplicity of games, not to get off the Nintendo train just yet, is that <laughs> we had 8 bits. 
or 16 bits right. oh, or yeah. 32 bits. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there because I think after that it does get a little bit where the gameplay like the stories had to be so much better than they are today because now it's like the story might suck just make it pretty put a YouTube video up and we'll sell it yeah and then you get No Man's Sky uh, so our bench uh, our ukulele man <laughs> ukulele is such a disappointment and it's such a big piece of garbage no one should buy that game really All right. no yeah. one should buy that game. Fuck that company. Uh, that's intense, man. That's intense. Okay. They ruined everything. Anyway. Now, when when you when you played the NES, did you guys have games that you were just like, oh my God? Yeah. But I'm not asking what's your favorite yet. Just name some of the games you really like from the NES because I don't think people a lot of kids nowadays or people that get into gaming later don't realize the game started like a lot of franchises started mm-hmm. here. Cause I mean well, so Qbert. Zelda. I mean, but I'm saying like Zelda started. There. Oh, Zelda, oh, Final right. Fantasy, Metroid, mm-hmm. Dragon Quest. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy. Yeah, definitely Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy yeah. Castlevania. 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 Mega Man. Mega, Mega Man. Man. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Bomberman. Bomberman. I thought, yeah. I don't Maybe. Know. No, because there was Super Bomberman, so it had to be. Yeah. Well. Oh, I thought it was on Game There was Super Joe Rock or something for Super Nintendo, and that wasn't a sequel, didn't it? No. <laughs> and there was yeah, Super there James was, Pond. I was, was going to say, there was a yeah. rash like, of, was super, of Super yeah, Games. Yeah, everything had to be Super, just like everything had to be 64. And, mm. Well, they stopped. But the, it's so crazy to think that like all these franchises are still going. Yeah. It's very interesting to think that like 30 years later, we're playing this new version of the, of the games. We're babies. <laughs> yeah. Um... What's weird is like, I, and it hasn't, it hasn't happened in a long time because for some reason whenever things went from 2D to 3D it just broke. But like you think about on the NES and Super, and Super Nintendo, how many licensed games there were and how oh, yeah. a lot of them were actually good like Aladdin and Lion King. Lion King on the Game Gear is one of the yeah. best games of all time. Or like DuckTales on the NES. Yes. And. Which they just did the once they got to, remastered. Yeah. And once they got to 64 they're like. We, they made Superman 64, and everyone's like, oh, no. Let's, <laughs> let's slow game, this down. That was the killed it. Yeah, and uh, then um, it took years before licensed games were, like, ever good again until probably, like, the Arkham games or something like that. Like from Nintendo? Or just in well, general? just in general, because, like, I just think of, like, the licensed games that were good yeah. consistently were on the NES and Super I mean, there was and a good James Bond game. But there's, why, but there's a clear reason why. Uh, because Nintendo's strategy, and this is one of the things that I've got in my notes for, for their points, uh, one of the things that they did to control that is they only allowed licensees to make five games a year. There was no exception. Yeah. And, and on top of that, they also would, they had a stringent requirement. It was almost a written, an unwritten rule that the first time you send a game to Nintendo to approve, they were going to deny it and say, make these changes. They had really strict standards that marked. So any game that left Nintendo had the Nintendo seal of approval. Right. And that they made, they created something that I think is, is something that people do in restaurants now where they make you have a reservation for some nonsense restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you, you do that because you, oh, it's, it's a, it's the way you feel about it. Well, this is also how they felt about the company. They, they put this seal of approval on any game that left there that they that they uh, allowed to be made, and right. that was a stringent. It meant that it went through this stringent review process and is okay to go. Well, that and the fact that other people used to buy. But I don't know if you guys know this, but beforehand, you could buy cartridges like on the Atari, on the ColecoVision stuff, and you got cartridges. There were just like off-brand cartridges that you right. could buy that weren't mm-hmm. licensed, 
You just plug them in like ROMs now. Yeah. And you would do it, and they were crap. So the, the seal of approval had that. I also think that's something that uh, Apple copied really well. I, with, I like, agree. iTunes, like, they're get, everyone complains about their process, and you look at Android or the Google Play Store, and you see what, what's out there versus it. But my complaint has always been the same thing that you said, or my rebuttal, I guess, has been the same thing you were just saying about Nintendo. When I download something from the App Store versus the Android Store, I know that... I know the App Store one's going to work. Right. Whereas the it's a crapshoot in the Android world sometimes. I mean, I feel like Android's done something to... I mean, we're not talking about Android today, but Android does something to refute that by saying uh, they, you can't even see it in your Play Store if, it, if it's not compatible with your device now. Well, I know, but that doesn't mean that it's a quality deal. It just means that somebody cranked it out. That's fair. Just because That's it true. meets your stats. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not complaining. I mean, Nintendo does their thing. Sony does their thing. Xbox, Microsoft does their thing. It's not to say... It's bad. It's just, you know that a Nintendo certified game used to mean the game was worth buying. Right, yeah. Whereas with Xbox, I, I bought some pretty shitty games. Yeah. Uh, but the, Nintendo has the NES, mm-hmm. and then they follow it up with the best portable that you could have at the time, the Game yeah. Boy. And that's 1989, which isn't that long ago to me, but it's probably ancient to some people. Yeah. That's oh, true. which had the game that ended all games, I think. And no, everyone stopped playing other games to play the game, which is Tetris. Oh, yeah. Everyone, I don't think anyone went... There was a whole period of time, do you guys remember, where nobody played anything but Tetris? I agree. Yeah. Like, everyone was playing oh, yeah. Tetris. See, I hated Tetris. Tetris annoys me for one very simple reason. And this isn't like an annoyance with the game. But like... For some reason, people claim Tetris is the best-selling game of all time because they count, like, every version of Tetris all in one count. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. Right. Like, if you just count the NES version, still sold a lot. Just count the Game Boy version, still sold a lot. But it's like, you can't just add all that together and go, best-selling ever. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> best-selling game It's not the same game. But... Um, yeah, so the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, sold 118.69 million units. That, that sounds, is that a lot? It seems like a lot. It's a lot. And that's including, um, I think that includes the Game Boy Pocket in those numbers. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fair. It's a uh, that makes sense. You, know, uh, but, uh, you yeah. mentioned that Atari was going to release cause on the consoles. Now, after this, there's a bunch of consoles. Chris knows them all, so we'll let him do it. But I thought it was interesting. You said Atari was going to release... The NES. Yeah, they were going to launch it in America. Right. Right, and it was going to be called the Nintendo Advanced Video Games Gaming System. Okay. Uh, Coleco is the one that actually, I think, broke it. Yeah. If I remember right. They went to a consumer electronics show. They went to CES uh, 83. I can't believe it's been running that long. I mean, it makes sense when I think about it because it's an industry show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they went there and they had a uh, Donkey Kong. Right. And they were like, wait a minute, how did you get our game? And they just got scared. And they were like, Nintendo got really proprietary and was like, no, 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 no. All Nintendo. We don't want anyone else. Right. Get away. Get, no, no. Backed out of like all of it. The deal went south. And we got the Nintendo, which is kind of funny because that's how the PlayStation would kind of evolve later. Yeah, with the Super Nintendo. Right, right. And uh, just, well, a lot of, there's actually a lot of consoles that just are born out of the fact that, like, Nintendo was like, we're going to do something else. Yeah. And somebody goes, well, we already have the technology. We've already built the system. So, right. 
the sound chip in the Super Nintendo is a Sony sound chip because of their partnership that they had with Sony One Sour. Is that the, um, what is it called? The Mode 7? Is that what that is? The Mode no, 7 Mode chip? 7's a graphics thing oh, okay. that they used for uh, Star Fox and uh, Yoshi's Island. Okay. I can't remember what else. Yeah, to, for the graphics, you're with right. the parallax scrolling and the perspective and stuff like that. Hmm. Now, is that um, in cartridge or is that in the system? It's, it's system. in the cartridge. Yeah. Oh, which the, the cartridge. yeah, which is what makes emulation on those games hard, hmm. and not just for like emulating on a computer, like whenever they built those, but like for the virtual console on the Wii and the Wii U. Some of those games like just never came out because it's really difficult well, to emulate. That's like in uh, sixty four and like was it Star Fox sixty four? A lot of them. Can't, it's harder to emulate some of the games, not just A, because you have to have an N64 controller to play the <laughs> shit, but also because you had to put the expansion pack in to make it work. Oh, that's right. And oh, the yeah. reason is pretty much just because of the delay that like it took to process through it. Yeah, normally what emulators, I remember emulators uh, for 64, what they would do for games that required the expansion pack is it would just force load the games as if it could work without the expansion pack. So a game like Majora's Mask that needed the expansion pack on an emulator, like there's just some graphics that don't show up. Mm. There's really, just no C buttons. And it, what, well, <laughs> you know, but, All right. What's really I guess fun, I can't use anything. What's really funny to me though is like Nintendo, to my knowledge, never really, I never fully understood from the engineering side why the expansion pack worked on some of the games yeah. well, on the software well, engineering side. Like some of them, they did. There was obviously instances, and then in some instances they were like, "Oh." We, we we built it on one that had the expansion pack, the you know right. their rig that they built it on. They built, and then they took it out. And they were like, "Should work fine." We didn't use any of the expansion pack deals, and then it didn't. So that you had well, to buy. An I remember pack specifically Donkey Kong sixty four. Whenever they were building it on their dev kit, it worked fine. Then they put on a real sixty four. It didn't work. And they're like, "Well, that doesn't that doesn't yeah. make any sense." So then, um, because Nintendo had this expansion pack, they were like, "Well." There's not an expansion pack like in our dev kit. But let's just see what happens when you put in the expansion pack and see if that makes the game run. They put it in and it worked fine. So then they asked Nintendo if Donkey Kong Country, not Donkey Kong 64 could come with the expansion pack because it needed it. They didn't want to like cut stuff out of it. Now, and I have a question. What exactly does the expansion pack do? It's literally just more video RAM, I think. RAM, it's RAM or video RAM, but it's something like that that just... So games, it doesn't do anything to games that don't need it. It okay. doesn't. It's not like um, it's not like getting a better video card on a computer and upping the setting or something like that. It's more like if you put in a game, it's like you don't even have a video card. Like, so it's like for buffering and stuff. But it's just the latent, like yeah, the latency yeah. and buffering issues and all that. They would go yeah. into because that's where it cracks it. So that's cool. Yeah, um, exactly. So the consoles. Let's go through the consoles. Okay. We'll talk about them because I mean we've covered the history of Nintendo. They started out with playing cards. Yeah. They kind of struggled their way through. Tried some brothels. Yeah. Right. Didn't did well, unsuccessfully. Uh, one thing I want to talk about. How do you know, unsuccessfully run a brothel? That's I, my question. I mean, you know, because sex sells, right? So I just uh, don't know how you lose it. The only way I can think that their brothel failed is just that there were other better brothels. That's a valid <laughs> point. Because Nintendo actually, like, they, they must have been successful at some point because they made playing cards and now they're one of the, like, the richest, like, solvent brands in the world. And right. plus, they've been making video game consoles forever. They have. True. They're, and they've, they're the only one that's stuck around since the beginning. I mean, Sega's not around, Atari's not around making consoles. Right, right. yeah. ColecoVision's gone. So I'm like, what? 
what exactly have they done so right? And it is, is it their proprietariness? Do you guys think it's the I, I think proprietariness it that they've guarded their games, like you were saying? Yeah. Or that they have the supply chain, like I was saying? Or is the it just that they've always, they've always kept to themselves? So I think it's the three-prong attack. It's the, it's like you said, the, uh, the distribution channel, the distribution method or control that they have, the seal of approval, and the third-party license agreement uh, stringent requirements that they had. The distribution method that they had was pretty, uh, it's ruthless. I mean, it's real shrewd. They would, let's say that you, and, and I guess video game marketing at this point in time was so different than it is now because you can buy games online now. You don't even have to go into the store. So it caters to a different market. But back then, you had to you had to go and network with these stores. not any cheaper. But you had to network with these stores like Walmart, uh, I was going to say Kmart, Sears, Toys R Us, you know, at that point in time. Meineke. Uh, yes, because we needed breaks done. Exactly. But you could, you could go to Burger King, though, because they would give out games. Right, and, and stuff That's like true. that happened. But it's it's interesting because the you had to work with these people and say, hey, look, we, we have this new system coming out. We want to put it on your shelves. Or we have this new game coming out. And the stores would be like, okay, great. We, we know that you're going to sell well. We want 100,000 units. Okay, and Nintendo would get this order. And give you less than half of that order to mm-hmm. fill, and they do that kind of stuff today still. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they, everyone, everyone that wonders if it's strategic shortages, yes, answer is yes. It's it's organized chaos. It's yeah. just like why every, and this isn't a Nintendo thing. Like this happens across the board with everything. It's just like whenever a new MMO launches, it's like, hey, there's a new expansion pack for uh, World of Warcraft coming out. And then the day that it comes out, oh no, our servers crashed. I'm like, yep, who could have guessed that more people would have played World of Warcraft the day that expansion came out? Right. It's like, no, they knew. It's just that that looks good. Like whenever all these news stories go up going, servers crashed on day one. Everyone's like, oh man, I'm a lot of... They didn't expect that many people to right. play that? Whoa. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm grabbing some NES cartridges while we're here because we we're talking about the systems. But I thought maybe this would take us down memory memory lane and we would think of uh, some other a, games or good times. I've got a quick point about sure games like because Desmond made the point like games you can buy online but they're not any cheaper. There's yeah. very good reason for this. You know why they're not cheaper online? No, because they have to play nice with the brick and mortar stores like GameStop and Walmart. They can't come up and go, hey. That game that's sixty dollars at GameStop is twenty. Yeah. Well, on you, our online store because they could just get rid of GameStop altogether for games, but you, whenever they come out with a new system, that's exactly right. You have to go to a store to buy a system. You right. can't stay at home and like digitally buy a new system. If they get to a point, if they get to a point where obviously you can just order on Amazon, but Amazon's still a store even though you don't go into it. Right. So. I think that's why um, what we're going to see eventually is like the turn to modular systems where like you buy one console, mm-hmm. like the Sony console, whatever they call it. I don't know if they call it a PlayStation, but then after it's been out for four years, all you have to do is buy one thing that upgrades the graphics. So you don't have to buy a whole new system. So it's like a, a PC at that point. Yeah. Well, it is like a PC, but like a lot easier to manage. Yeah, you don't have to worry about drivers. It's all... Uniform, it's all plug and play. It's yeah, all, it's all synced up to work together. Like, right. I mean, that's basically all consoles are anyway. Right. That's a good point to bring up as, as to why 
as to why they haven't gone to do that. Because I did wonder that, uh, that very same question about why. They, they have to play nice until they don't need them anymore. Yeah. That's why every time that somebody goes, oh, GameStop's going to die, I'm like, no. not for probably another 15 years at least. Like, because we're not, because the next console probably won't be modular the way they want it to be either. No, I think it'll be semi, I think the next step is semi-modular and I think it will. Yeah. Probably crash well, and burn. Because you're seeing it now with... Uh, this is way off Nintendo. But, this point, <laughs> but you're seeing it now with like how there was the Xbox One, and then there's the Xbox One S. It's a little faster and plays 4K Blu-rays. There's PS4, and there's the PS4 Pro that has more RAM and a better, pro- a better graphic processor and more hard drive space. And it's like... And now Xbox is about to... At E3, I think they're going to talk about their Scorpio. It's yeah. an even more powerful Xbox One. So you're seeing like these incremental changes that eventually won't be like a whole new console purchase. It'll just be you buying the part, which will change. But I think I think the again we're getting off topic, but I think it's we're already there. Uh, it's interesting to me that I don't think that they will go completely modular if people buy these goddamn systems. If well, they if it, it's the iPhone model. If they learn that you will buy an S, they will sell you an S. Right. That's going to become the issue. Is your console, instead of generations being seven years, let's say, I think yeah. that's the average. I don't know. Yeah, it's about seven years. Okay. It'll shorten down to four or five years. Yeah. Because you can buy the S, you can buy the Advance, you can buy the Plus, yeah. the Pro. That- and they'll never need to do it because if you're willing to crank out $500... Eventually, someone, Nintendo most likely, will try to do it because they want to be the new gimmick. Right. And that's what's interesting to me about the Switch is the way that there's the dock and then there's the tablet part that clips into the dock. You can buy those separately from their store. At least I know you can buy the dock separately, but like they could release a more powerful dock that would just make docked games look better on your TV. And then they could come out with a better tablet. Like they could just go back and forth and just sell. Each of the two pieces, every two or three years, make one of them a little better. You buy that, and then the other one. And it's like, it could be that simple with going with the PlayStation, because the PlayStation might have just one or two parts that you'd trade out anyway. So, I could see Nintendo being the first one to go modular. I think, personally, what's going to happen is, because modular is a good direction to go, but ideally... Whenever we get to a point where most of the country has really fast internet, yeah, it'll be cloud gaming, and this, is, and then it won't matter what system you have because everything will be remote. This is something yeah. that I pitch. I don't know. Uh, so in two thousand and two or three, I went to this technology summit at the time because I was really into computers. I was in the know, and uh, I, Michael Dell was there, and they, we had dev kits from all these companies, and land set up on like three layers of a hotel, mm. and so I went and was, and we all had a, it was a youth summit, and we all had to pitch technology ideas, and we ended up getting Nokia at the time that was a powerful entity kit. Good old Nokia. Mm. And what we pitched to them was exactly what you're saying was an idea that you would have an, uh, a box, mm-hmm. you just have like a Steam box, basically you would have a basic box that would dial up and use their servers. And their space and everything to play these games. Right. The idea was that you could play on a phone, you could play on a tablet, you could play on a laptop, and the latency and everything would be shared. The lag would be shared across the network. Mm-hmm. So if you do this with enough bandwidth, it's just like you're saying, everyone is playing these games. Right. You pay a subscription fee. This was all at the, I mean, this is 2002, three, we're pitching this. Yeah. Right. You pay a weekly, or not, a weekly, monthly subscription. 
And then you get access to this entire backlog of it. It runs an emulator or it runs a new, a new platform. Like a virtual People, system. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that runs it. So you get in and it's pretty much a VPN mm-hmm. and you're using theirs. Everyone logs in, get in, and then boom, you're online. You're all playing across it. You don't have to worry about cross-platforming or anything because you're only playing one platform, even though it's on your laptop, it's on your computer. It's on- right. So I think that would be, and, and I think that's the, the, hopefully that's an end game goal of somebody Oh, I now. think, yeah, I think somebody, whoever because, does well, that ends. In 2010, I think, or nine or something like that, was when On Live came out. Do y'all remember that? That yeah. was a streaming thing you got from your computer. You could do it on your phone. You stream from a remote location. You have a library of games you can choose from. Hmm. And the problem was, at that time, people didn't have the gigabit Google Fiber yet. They didn't have even like 100 or 200 meg internet from right. Sunlink or Comcast or whoever. So it was garbly and the lag was awful and you'd play like a racing game and just go off the side constantly. And it's like, oh, this is a great idea that doesn't work at all. So no, online folded. I think they folded. And I know like some other uh, company that was... Going to that was working on that. Yeah. Sony bought, and that's how PS4 has sort of fake backwards compatibility with PS3 games. Because if you pay it, pay for a service, you remote play right. PS3 right. games from some, some server. Yeah, and that one actually works okay. And that might just be because it's more advanced now. But like, I've played PS3 games on there, and it works pretty good. But I have 200 meg internet, so yeah, exactly. Well, I, I pay for 200 meg internet. Uh, <laughs> but I have suddenly. I guess that's the way to put that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, do you want to run down these consoles? Let's talk about because this okay. whole thing, the arc is going to be these console wars. Yeah. So I'd like to get an idea of where Nintendo stands in this and how long they've been in the game and who's come and gone. Yeah. At the same time, uh, we'll pass around some some cartridges. Yes. Nice carts. and see what's going on. See if anyone knows uh, anything. So I'm going to pass around Tetris, see if it brings back any memories. See if you feel any mojo. Get the Force sense. So should I start at Super... F- Nintendo, sure, we're sure, about the sure, other ones. sure. And I have it separated by consoles and portables. Yeah, no. And under portables, I have I, the other Nintendo things that are because aren't we're portables. we're Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, we want to cover okay. all of it. So, Super Famicom slash Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo sold forty nine million, so it was about twelve million less than the NES, which is weird to think about. Oh man, seeing the gra- I was like Tetris. I've seen Tetris, and then for some reason, looking at the cover, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm from Russia, from Russia with fun. I'm like, yeah, Tetris. Uh, okay, one, of, one of my favorite cards of all time. The art on it is Super Spike V Ball. <laughs> oh, I remember this game. So the Super Nintendo competed with the Turbo Graphics 16, which I didn't know was a thing until I think it was on the Virtual Console for the Wii. Was you could get Turbo Graphics 16 games? Yeah. Uh, the Genesis, obviously, and the Neo Geo. I remember that. The Neo Geo is pretty cool looking. Yeah. I remember that. All right. So then the Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64 <laughs> only sold 32 million. So this is going down oh, 16 no. million from the Super Nintendo. You don't think about the fact that Nintendo just kept selling less and less and less. Um, obviously, Nintendo 64 competed with the original PlayStation. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting story. Do you want to tell the story of uh, how that happened? I mean, I pretty much. Yeah, the Super <laughs> Nintendo was working with PlayStation, and it was and it was a thing called the Super Nintendo PlayStation, which I don't know if you've seen it. Like a lot of people have seen it by now, because like there was a prototype that someone actually recovered, and now uh, Ben Heck, if you know who it's he is, it's actually working now. He actually got, got, it. got it working, yeah. and it plays some like homebrew games, because like there was never any official games, right. and it was never built to play like normal PlayStation games. 
but it will play Super Nintendo games and it'll play homebrew Nintendo wow. PlayStation yeah. games. Yeah. And um, it looks really cool because it has the, the cartridge thing on the top like normal, but then it has an opening disk drive on the front. Which says backwards compatibility was a thing. Well, of course. Was that that was the whole idea. Right. It was, just, it was supposed to have both, clicking, yeah. yeah. Clicking them um, Yeah. So, yeah, Nintendo 64 computer with PlayStation, the Sega Saturn. Which the Saturn... Which I had. A, Saturn a Saturn, the Saturn was my first Sega console. And I remember playing a virtual fighter somewhere. You're just yeah. a gold, where you're just a gold dude or a silver dude. <laughs> um, the Jaguar. Yeah. And the 3DO. The 3DO. Yeah. It was also that yeah. generation. 3DO. I think people forget the 3DO existed. The numbers start, you know, dropping now. Right. Of how many competitors there are. Because after that was the GameCube, which only sold 21 million. So Nintendo still does sell it less and less. Well, um, were other consoles selling more? Is that the... Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, the GameCube competed with the first Xbox, the PS2. Which was a briefcase. Which PS2 destroyed everything. It's literally a briefcase. And technically, the Dreamcast was that generation, even though it came out way before the other three. But it was yeah. so advanced. Which is why the Dreamcast failed, because it came... It, it was so advanced. You can play online. You know, it has, you can oh, you have the web browser. I have yeah. the web browser disc. I had to, like, burn it and make it. Yeah. But... That was that was the Dreamcast downfall. Was he could just burn a CD and you'd have a game. This is something. I, okay, Nintendo World Cup. You know what I love is mm. uh, back when games didn't have to have like marketing for. You were talking about names, mm-hmm. but athletes like it's a generic dude <laughs> kicking a soccer ball at the back of a generic dude's goal. You would never be able to cover up the number or not show the face of this guy. Now, <laughs> right? right. And You'd be asking like, for royalties. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you don't have any idea who these guys are. Yeah. Uh, my Dreamcast story is, I think I said some of it earlier, I traded in my Nintendo 64 and some games, or I sold them to a friend and then bought a Dreamcast. And the one that I bought used somebody, whoever had sold it to Game Exchange. Game oh, Exchange. God. Game Exchange, yeah. uh, whoever sold it to Game Exchange left their uh, Amarillo Net login stuff for their internet, so I just put in a phone cord and had internet on the Dreamcast. I didn't nice. have a computer, so I was watching porn on my Dreamcast. <laughs> was it good? Here's the thing. I never watched porn on a video game console, because that seems stupid. And then my stepbrother grabbed the controller, typed in teensinjeans.com, and I was like, there's no way that's a website. Sure was. <laughs> Everything's a website if you believe. Hard Everything's a website if you believe. So anyway, that was the sixth generation. Um... Then the seventh generation is super interesting. This is the Wii. If you didn't know, the Wii, just the GameCube, repackaged in with a different size controls. box with motion controls. Because oh. they were kind of desperate to like, because they had sold so few with the GameCube, they're like, we got to figure something out. So they sold, they made the Wii, and it sold better than any console they'd ever made. 101.63 million units. Which is crazy, too. Not as many as the Game Boy, which is crazy to think about, but yeah. still crazy... Amount of consoles sold. Well, I mean, I think it tells you something, though. People are wanting to want gaming handheld systems to go on with them anywhere. Right. Uh, I'm sitting here holding Mario, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, mm-hmm. and Metroid, and realizing that it's actual like gameplay art. Oh right, yeah. Imagine well, doing look, that. Now. Let me look at the Mario one again. And is the Mario one the one where? Yeah, you can't really see it in this. Like the one that's just Mario, you can tell that he's actually like falling into lava. Oh, you're losing the game. That tells you. He's done. It gets Dark Souls on you right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Wii only competed with the PS3 and the 360. At that time, Sega was gone. There was obviously no Neo Geo or 3DO or 
Turbo graphics or anything by that time for sure. No, everyone had died um, off. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, how did Nintendo survive the whole? Because of the sales of the other ones that they just kept afloat, or you're, yeah, you're see, that's the thing. Um, Nintendo has so much money. If they lost a quarter billion dollars every year, they could last till 2052 and still be okay. See, so that they have like, so wow. much money. It's yeah. the handhelds too in the game. It's partially the handhelds. When we get to the handhelds in a second, you'll see like how crazy that is. So remember how I said the GameCube sold abysmally. And that's why the Wii was basically a game. They repackaged it. But you know what's cool about that is that's kind of how they started out to in the game was they made like cabinets. Cabinet arcade. Right. Yeah, and yeah. when some of their cabinets didn't sell. So they sent them to the U.S. and they only sold like a third of their stock or something that they had. And the dude went back and was like, okay, we got to make a game that can work on these cabinets. So Miyamoto built the game about around the pretty much the same way. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. I can make a game that uses this technology that uses these cabinets and will be Right. Will be solid. So yeah. they, they, they took that same motivation moving forward. That's cool. So the Wii U, the GameCube sold 21.7 million. The Wii U only sold 13.56 million. Oh, wow. No. Even worse. What do you, and the Wii U has already been discontinued. They announced at the beginning of the year that they're just, they just ceased production all the Now, what do you think is the really? deal with the Wii yeah. U? Like, this is oh. one I want to talk about because I didn't buy it. Oh, the Wii it. U. Okay. I know why I didn't buy it. The Wii U has a plethora of problems. Sure, shoot them. For one, the name is awful. Yeah. It, <laughs> proven by, if you go to the Wikipedia page for Wii or Wii U, it, at the top it says, did you mean the other one? <laughs> so you go to Wii U, it's like, did you mean Wii? You go to Wii, it says, did you mean Wii U? People would go to stores and buy Wii U games thinking that they were Wii games, and then have to turn them to GameStop because they're like, this doesn't work. It's like, oh, well, do you have a Wii U? I have a Wii. Like, that's not what this is. The name was a terrible idea. Two, the Wii lost Nintendo's fan base. The people that bought the GameCube, they were still diehard Nintendo fans. When the Wii came out, the Wii to them was exactly what they didn't want it to be because of the motion controls. Right, it was exactly. like It was more of a family thing. So diehard Nintendo fans that had grown up with Nintendo that still bought the GameCube at that point were like, all right, I'm going to get a PS3 or a 360. I'm not going to get a Wii. I bought a 360. So then the Wii sold really well with families and with kids who also then grew up and got like a PS4 and Xbox One. So whenever the Wii U came out, the family friendliness of it wasn't there anymore. But Nintendo's hardcore fan base was also not there anymore. Well, I think for me, one of the issues was I felt like they made a jump in technology. They did what the Dreamcast did. It wasn't ready yet. Like, well, the whole idea of having the tablet controller is really cool, mm-hmm. but you see how bulky it is and how clunky it is, and you see where they are now with the Switch, and you obviously realize that what they wanted to do with the Wii U oh, was yeah. make the Switch, Well, and the technology yeah. wasn't theirs, but they did it anyway, and yeah. I have no idea why. The Wii U, what's weird about the Wii U is the gamepad is super light for how big it is. Like, if you open it up, it's empty. It's big for no reason. Oh. And because it's so big and empty, it feels flimsy. It feels like you just break. It makes it feel like a play school toy. Like those, what are those little laptop Leap kids? Oh, yeah. It feels like you're playing a Leap Pad. It's like, I don't want to, nobody wants to play that. Like whenever I do, I have a Wii U because there are a few good games. And I hope all of them get ported to Switch so people will actually play them. But whenever I play my Wii U, I like to play with the Pro Controller over the gamepad because the Pro Controller feels like a controller. The gamepad feels like 
a knockoff controller. Like, it doesn't feel like and, a real solid controller. And I'd also like to point out, I think the controller is a big issue, because people don't realize this. The controller is the part of the system you interact with the most. Yeah, you have to use the gamepad to, like, pick a game or mess with settings or anything. And the screen, it's, it's weird because the iPhone had been out for a while by now. And the iPhone and Android phones, even, have, like, the multi-touch screen. You can use more than one finger. You can do different things. Yeah, single point. The... The Wii U gamepad, for some reason, its touch screen was pressure sensitive, so you had to like push in. You couldn't do things with two fingers. It's probably cheaper and more durable. Everything, so. yeah, everything felt awkward and stuff. And yeah, with the Switch, you can tell the Switch is like what they wanted to do with the Wii U, but didn't have the capability. The the Switch came out March third. By the end of March, this is the crazy thing. It sold two point seven four million just in the first month, in just March. Wow, which is really good. It's the fastest-selling Nintendo console of all time, just okay. from that month. And so far, it's been keeping up the momentum. It's still really hard to get in stores. But here's the craziest thing. You know what the you know what an attach rate is for a game, right? Right. Like, if they sell 10 million Wii U's, wow. and they sell 8 million copies of Mario Kart 8, then it's an 80% attach rate. 80% of Wii U owners bought, bought Mario Kart 8. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so... This, market capture. This is the, your actual market yeah. when you capture. This is the crazy stat here. 2.74 million switches in March. Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda game, sold 2.76 million copies on the Switch. Really? They sold 20,000 copies of Zelda that don't belong to any console. That's crazy. Which is either people that just wanted the game really bad and were like, I'll get a console when I can because they're so hard to get. Right. Or some, and at first, whenever I saw that number, I was like, that, that's probably counting uh, Wii U copies of Breath of the Wild. No. That's just Switch copies. That's crazy. That's insane. Like, so it has an over 100% attach rate, which doesn't make any sense. Down the line, the numbers will even out, and it's like, oh, okay, so it's like it'll stop at like a 90, 95%. Now, before we jump to handhelds, what I was, was going to make the point with the controller interface is that the biggest issue for me is that the controller on the Wii U is weird. And it's also the point in time when Sony and Microsoft both really figured out controllers. Oh, yeah. That generation the PS4, before... The PS4 controller is the best controller Sony's made. Well, I'm saying, but the generation... Because you have to think when it came out. The PS3 controller was the first controller that felt really that felt like it beat what Nintendo had at the time. Oh, and that right. Wii controller being so small... We're having to use a GameCube controller. It's really weird. And the Xbox 360 controller is my preferred controller of all time. Right. So I think that they find the Xbox controller, the original controller, is horrible. Oh, yeah. It's worse than a Dreamcast. The Duke? Yeah, the Xbox controller is terrible. The 360 controller is the best one. The Xbox One controller I hate compared to the 360 controller. It's such a weird... And, like, there's all these numbers. It's like they spent $10 million on R&D on the Xbox One controller to make it better. And I'm like... That was waste because it's worse. You know what sucks is you can buy them customized, right? Yeah. From the store now. From my- I think that's brilliant. I can't believe that like Sony and like I guess Nintendo could do it too, but they aren't doing it where you can just go to the Xbox website, go to the controllers, and you can customize the colors of everything and order a custom controller. And see, I want to do it so bad, but here's the thing. I hate the Xbox One controller. Yeah, it's awful. If I could do it with the 360 controller... I yeah. buy it because I use a 360 controller for PC. I have an awesome red, like Gears of War Xbox 360 controller that I use. I got the Call of Duty one with the rubberized little rubberized pads oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. on it and the back buttons. Yeah. That is, that was the best controller I had. It's dead now, but I really like I use Rock Candy a lot. 
Yeah. Just throwing it out there. But those yeah. are but Nintendo at this point in time, I feel like they've advanced the game mm-hmm. because I think the Switch will keep selling. And here's why. Xbox and Sony are already locked into what, what direction they're going for mm-hmm. this next generation. And it's a box. It's, it's next year TV. Yep. And that's the same thing that Nintendo invented right. as being the home staple. I'm not saying they invented the gaming console. I'm saying they invented it as a staple of American uh, right. worldwide. Yeah. We all know the little box next to your TV that opens up and you put things in is not a VCR anymore or right. a Blu-ray player because we got streaming. It's it's a game system. And yep. nope. Now, now, <laughs> now, 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 nope. Now they've moved on to the world of you have a tablet. Why not have a Nintendo tablet? Yeah, and I like, play games. It's it's insane how well it works because like the Wii U, the games that were really good on the Wii U, like Mario Kart Eight or like Super Mario Three D World, or like the two, like they did an HD version of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Like there were some really good games on the Wii U, but like Mario Kart Eight that they put on the Switch now looks better on the Switch, mm-hmm. even in handheld mode. I'm like, this is crazy. How does this look so good? Yeah. Um, NVIDIA is set to make a lot of money from it. It's basically a Nintendo Shield. No, I know. It's basically what the Switch is. I've, I've, uh, I've been talking to NVIDIA about this because I own a Shield. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, well, no, I bought a Shield and I was like, so you guys are going to stop because it's all parts. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, you guys yeah. are going to stop from... They're like, no. They were like, Grid's, Grid's getting an update and everything. Yeah. And I think that there's actually a point in time which they may... Oh, yeah. Start to merge a little bit here. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know um, if Nintendo knows how to merge with anyone, especially with their, their history. Well, um, Nintendo, yeah, because like we talked about how earlier on they had really strong third-party relationships. Right. During the time of the Wii, they kind of crapped all over those. They had some really good third-party support with the Wii, but it was mainly like EA and Ubisoft making like shovelware, just making as many games as they possibly could. The cheap games for the virtual market that people could pick yeah. up and have a reason yeah. to have the console. Yeah, because like there was Cooking Mama, and there were like six other cooking games that weren't Cooking Mama, but people were like, oh, I want Cooking Well, yeah, but I mean, because it's literally, it's like app, they're pretty much at the point of app games. Like once you're yeah. online and you have this console and you're not going to buy 60 buck games, they realized, why not sell a hundred, two dollar, five dollar game? Right, smart exactly. idea. I mean, I think. Right. I no, personally, I, mean, I personally like. But that that game. contributed to what I was talking about earlier, where they alienated their fan base. Mm. So because most people are looking for a hardcore game. I mean, Nintendo used to be the system that you played real games on. Like you played Contra on it. You you played like Techno Bowl or Ninja Turtles' long ass game. Right. Yeah. For the for the time, like you would play those on their Zelda. Right. Mm-hmm. And you went and played Sonic or whatever, Ace Combat on. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people critical about the Switch's uh, launch year lineup and stuff. And I'm like, they have at least one big first party game every month for the rest of the year. And they have a ton of indie games. Like, if you know anything about the Vita, the Vita, Sony abandoned years ago, but indie developers still make games for the Vita right. that come out all the time. And that's how that system has thrived at all is. It's a place where you can buy independently made games for 5 or $10. And I've played a lot of games on the Vita that are really fun. And a lot of those indie developers are now porting or making new games for the Switch. Mm-hmm. And I think Switch is going to really thrive on um, their first party games, obviously, but also like having this huge indie library. And there was a Forbes article this last week that was called... Um, the Switch is too popular for third parties to ignore. And they talked to 
I think somebody from EA who had initially said that they'd support the Switch with some games. And just since it's come out like two months ago, they're already like, we're looking at putting a lot more games well, on Well, it's going to have to be. I mean, it, one, it's a lot more... It's it's really shameful, I feel like, for Microsoft especially, because there's a big hardware manufacturer now with the Surface line. Mm-hmm. Is the power levels compared to the big box you have to have for the other two systems versus the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Right. It's literally a freaking tablet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, our games are in 4K. What do you got? Yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got this big box you got to carry around. And uh, we're we're gonna get 4K. We're gonna get there. Yeah, mm. and that's just that's cringy to me. Like to think, why would you, as a hardware manufacturer, as your primary job, be like, oh, we're gonna do this? It's yeah. Like, God damn it, Xbox, PlayStation, right. step your game up. So, Chris, I want to ask you this question too. Do you think that Nintendo is still the in control of the industry? Or do they have do they have some more of a more of a monopoly on the industry? Will they be coming back? <laughs> Well, what's, I think they're going to come back. I think the Switch is going to be like... It's going to outsell the Wii U easily. It'll probably outsell the GameCube easily. It's not. I don't think it's going to sell Wii numbers. Like I don't think it's going to hit the 100 million. But like the PS4 isn't going to hit the 100 million either. Unless unless they don't go to a new generation until like 2020. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to come back. And like people aren't going to worry about them as much. They're going to get good third-party support once they hit good numbers. Probably by the end of the year. So like next year you'll start seeing... Bigger game, like you might see, like you won't see the Call of Duty that comes out this year on the Switch, but the one that comes out next year, they might yeah. make a Switch version, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that in a lot of ways, Nintendo, as a developer, not as a hardware maker, but as a developer, can still steer the industry in some ways, specifically with like Zelda. You look at the way Zelda changed the way open world games play. You've already seen other developers are like, there's so many ideas that they did that we want to do in the next yeah. game that we make. Okay. You think about um, whenever a certain mechanic has been done in so many games over so long of a period, it gets to a point where you expect a certain thing to be good. Like, there's been a bunch of Grand Theft Auto games. So, like, in Grand Theft Auto V, the way that you, the way the cars handle mm-hmm. feels good. So, if you play an open-world game like... Uh, Ghost Recon, Wildlands. You get in a vehicle, you just expect it to be good because there's been so many games with third-person open-world driving. You're like, surely the driving in this game will be good. You play that and the driving in that game's crap. It's like, well, how can you get this wrong whenever there's so many examples of it being done well? So you think about Assassin's Creed where you're climbing everything, Right. And it's always frustrating. You think you're jumping one way, you jump another, right, you accidentally right. fall down. Yeah. And then you play Zelda, you climb everything, and it always feels good. Hmm. There's never a point where like, oh no, I fell because I because the game sucks or the game didn't read my input correctly. That doesn't happen. You fall because you're running out of stamina or because it started raining, so the wall got slippery. Like the climbing's so good in that game. That it's going to make a, the next Assassin's Creed look bad if it doesn't have really good climbing. Well, makes Stuff sense. like that. Makes so, sense. I think, depending on what they do, like, with the new Mario game, that looks closer to, like, a Mario 64 than a Mario Galaxy. The way that it has different worlds that are completely different and all that stuff. I feel like if that game does really well, you could see a resurgence in third-person platformers, which really haven't been around much. Mm. Nope. 
So I think Nick Nintendo, even though Nintendo's been behind the last few generations other than the Wii, which is, it's weird, it's sold really well, but I don't consider it like beating the other consoles, even though monetarily it did. People didn't really pay attention to the games on the Wii. No, I think a lot, it sold a lot of units, but it sat yeah. in a lot of closets. Right, exactly. Sold a lot of units, sat in a lot of closets. That's a good way to put it. But still, you see Microsoft and Sony, anytime they get interviewed and asked about, like, the Switch, they get asked about Zelda or Mario, they always say, like, we want them to do well. Like, I think it was, um, what's the dude's name? Phil Spencer from Xbox that said, as long as Nintendo does well, the video game industry will do well. Like, they still see Nintendo as, like, the Godfather, like. Well, I mean, but that's it because they are Nintendo for the most part is gaming. Like they're not the lead dog, but they're the one you watch. Like that's the that's the gauge for everyone else. If right. you fall below Nintendo, you're gonna fail. Right. Shut down. Shut, shut your yep. doors. Go away. If your game doesn't sell Nintendo's numbers, stop it. But it's not the. It's a barometer. It's not the goal. Like if once you exceed Nintendo, you're doing good. Mm, it's yeah. not getting a Nintendo beat Nintendo. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah, you need to keep they're your pace car. Yeah. So you stay I, with them. I have a dream that all console gaming <laughs> will be in computer gaming will be able to share the same network. Video games? Well, yeah. well like everything will be on the same the same thing. Kind of like how I know that we played a long time ago, we used to play Final Fantasy Eleven online. Right. And I like the fact that I was playing on the PS2 mm-hmm. and I was playing with other folks on the PC. Right. And now I like that. Here's the... Let me tell you a tale of cross-platform play. It's not really a tale. Just sit right back. Last generation, <laughs> when 360 was dominating yeah. and PS3 was behind, PS3 ended up being 360 right at the end, basically. Great, because... You got to the finish system. line, PS3 passed. But most of the generation, 360 was ahead. Uh, there were some games that were on both systems, and Sony was like, Hey, Microsoft, we'd like to work with you to make our networks compatible so that we can play cross-platform. Give everybody on both sides more people to play with. Microsoft's like, no, we don't need that. Yeah. Because they're on top. Uh, as, I think it was last year, whenever uh, Rocket League, which is on PC, it's on PS4, it's on Xbox One. Mm-hmm. If And PC players can play with people on either one. But if you're in a game with like PS4 players, Xbox players can't get into that game. Because PS4 and Xbox One can't. Crosstalk. Well, now the PS4 is has sold twice as many consoles as Xbox One. Microsoft's like, hey, Sony. <laughs> we're, and they, they issued statements like this. Like, we're totally up for some cross-platform play. Mm. You know, on a game-by-game basis, not just on everything. But yeah. since Rocket League is such a popular online multiplayer game, we were wondering if you'd allow us. And Sony's like, no, we don't need that. I mentioned that. It's one of those things that, like, the only time that either company wants it is when it would help them. Mm-hmm. See, but I think I think what's interesting what I was saying earlier about Nvidia is I think Nvidia and Nintendo. We were saying no, you don't think Nintendo plays well with others. The problem is they use Nvidia's hardware like hardcore, mm-hmm. and they. I'm gonna guess, like he said, it's the shield. I'm gonna guess a lot of their architect behind the scenes is borrowed from what Grid and the Shield do. Oh yeah. So my guess would be that at some point Nintendo may buy them just because they need the, the they want to have the infrastructure and the you know the vertical or the horizontal. Yeah. So I said this. I brought the question up about the whole the dream of cross platform gaming mm-hmm. because 
you mentioned earlier, and I think this is a really paramount point, that the other the other developers feel that Nintendo is like the godfather type system mm-hmm. of all of all of this. So yeah. the thought process is if Nintendo wants to take the world that direction, it's gonna be it would probably be up to Nintendo to do so, to bring bring Sony and bring uh, Xbox to the table, Microsoft to the table, right. and say, this is what we want to do. Even though, f- up to this point, I haven't really... I, like, Call of Duty, and this is just going back to the to the Wii, Call of Duty on the Wii was so much worse than Call of Duty on the, uh, on, on the PlayStation or on the Xbox. Oh, yeah. It just really was. But if they come in and say, we have this vision, we want to see more more gaming... Across you know across platforms, let's talk about how we make that happen. Mm-hmm. I think that would strengthen the industry as a whole, and I think that it would cement Nintendo's position as the no uh, as the paramount god. The, the only place. the only way that works is if Nintendo, the developer, mm-hmm. allows some titles to start. Yeah, because over. you look at Microsoft; they put out games on the Xbox One that are also on the PC, and they have yeah. the whole cross buy thing. If you buy an Xbox One game, almost any Xbox One game published by Microsoft. If you have Windows 10, you have a PC copy for free. Cool. PlayStation, PlayStation comes out with a game like Bloodborne, which is made by the Dark Souls people. All the Dark Souls games have come out on PC. But whenever they made Bloodborne for the PS4, people would ask them, hey, are you going to put on PC? And they're like, that's up to Sony. And Sony's like, no. Sony doesn't like putting their exclusive stuff on PC also. But I feel like um, it doesn't, but, doesn't and mean. Like, and I agree with what you're saying. Like, If Nintendo was like, hey, we'll do that. Yeah. We'll, you know, release Mario Kart on PC. But or see, that's we'll, what they would have to do to open right. the door. Right, and Nintendo's not going to do that. Yeah. And even if they did, the problem is Nintendo doesn't really have much of a focus on online gaming anyway. Well, they did for a um, while with the Mario Kart stuff. They were they were doing... That's the thing, though. Just There's Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, and I can't think of any other but, Nintendo But the point being that I think if you... But if it you doesn't offer, need to be. I think if you offered Smash Brothers... No, no, but there wouldn't Kart. be Smash Brothers and Mario Kart on... Xbox and PS4. So, but let's so not, I'm saying, I think if they offered, if, if they offered that, yeah. that could get the conversation that you're saying. I think what'll happen is if Nintendo ever went third party and made games for the Xbox and PS4, that would push it. But as no, long as they're making their own console, no, that's what I'm saying. Happen. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, console game, I don't think Nintendo ever fails. Yeah, and if N- Nintendo, the company, never fails because Nintendo will go to being, they'll pull a Sega. Or Atari and go to being. I don't think. I think. I don't even think they'll do that. Like people want them to do that. I think if they actually got to the point where they were just like out of money, they would end up selling off their properties to other developers. So you'd see like Ubisoft end up with Mario and EA end up with. Oh my god! Don't 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 tell me of the world, Chris. It's terrible. (laughs) Hopefully, I'm dead by the time this happens. If that ever happened, I would rather Nintendo buy the rest of them. And then they they hold the the Pokemon license, right? Yes, so along with Game Freak and the Pokemon Company. So, uh, what I th- what I th- what I could see happening with Nintendo in regards to online play and stuff is either I could see them having some sort of um, shield type remote play to the with your computer, mm-hmm. um, or actually have some sort of Steam for your tablet because. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what I meant by earlier. The, you said Steam for your tablet. That's what NVIDIA Grid is. Right, yeah. So I assume that that's, of course, it's Android-based. I don't know what the operating system for Nintendo is. I'm assuming it's pr- proprietary. It's proprietary, but it's uh, they said that the architecture is closest to Android. So it just means it's Linux-based. That's pretty yeah, much yeah, all it's, it's Linux-based, yeah. 
So that that would be interesting because I assume that that means that there's going to be there would be some support because some games on Steam are supported on Linux. Right. Yeah. And there would also be so there may be a way. I'm not saying go do this, but yeah. if you get games on it, you could probably play a few Steam games with the right hacks. Oh yeah, I mean people like because um, the PS4 architecture is Linux also. People have already hacked the PS4 to like just have a Steam client built into. So you like go over to go over your game, scroll down to Steam, and then just open Steam in big picture mode on the PS4. Yeah, because it can work with it. Um, whenever Portal 2 came out, uh, bef- right before it came out at E3 during the Sony conference, like Gabe Newell from Valve walks out and announces that they're forming a partnership, and you'll be able to log into Steam on your PS3. And if you buy Portal 2 for PS3, you get a PC copy for free. So what did I do? I bought the PS3 copy, got my PC copy for free, returned the PS3 copy. <laughs> this is smart and then, man. He's and like, then, this is how I got my first Super Nintendo. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then nothing ever happened after that. Nothing ever came of it. There were no more games by Valve on PS3 that had the integration. It's like, what happened? I could see them having some sort of integration or partnership with Nintendo. You know what? You know what I think happened? Hmm. Microsoft said stop doing it. Probably because like Microsoft's PC and they're like, hey, you're on PC. You know how you you only really support PC and some shit works on Mac and Linux. Uh, do that again and we'll make sure <laughs> that your shit looks bad. Right. Yeah. Um, do you want me to get into this handheld? Let's business? do the handheld. Let's wrap it up. So I started it off with the Game and Watch. The Game and Watch. Uh, have you guys ever used There's the Game Watch? There's several games. I mean, what's funny is I never played an actual Game & Watch, but everybody's played those weird little... The Tiger games. Tiger electronic games. Yeah. Like, that's basically what a Game & Watch was. And they were awesome. Did you ever play, like, Street Fighter or something? Yeah, I remember Where, playing... You didn't really I remember playing Street, Street Fighter, and I remember playing an Aladdin game. It was a Tiger electronics yes. game, yeah. Anyway, the, all of the variations, all, all the variations of Game and Watch sold forty three million. So that already by itself sold more than the NES, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy. Uh, the but, Game I mean, Boy. Think about it. Up until that point, you pretty much had to just like stare at strangers or ride, like when you're on the train or whatever. Right. Just stare at strangers or read a newspaper. Right. And I don't know if you know about Japan, but it's a little bit pervy. So I think like they, they were like, oh, use your hands for this and not grabbing women's asses on the train on the Shinkansen. <laughs> It'd be good. good. So that's that's what they did. It's a public service. So the Game Boy came out in '89, and it came out. It's considered part of the fourth generation of video game consoles, even though it's portable. But it's basically the first generation of handheld. Anyway, 118.69 million uh, Game Boys, and that includes Game Boy Pocket and Game Boy Light and Game Boy Color. They're all in that same number. Okay. Um, The Game Boy Color came out in '98. The Pocket came out in '96. Which seems crazy that it took that long. Like I, I yeah, from eighty nine to ninety. That our only advancement is six. that, and the thing that got me too was because the Sega Game Gear was already out mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, the Game Boy competed with the Atari Lynx, which was not a bad oh. system either. The screen was the problem because I think it was like a two and a half inch screen color. It was color, yeah. but the it was a huge. Yeah, the, was the Game Gear, which was huge, and lasted like twenty Gear. minutes. Yeah, unless you had the AC adapter. If you had the AC adapter, it was. Awesome. I have an AC adapter actually in the game and, bag over there. And the Turbo Express. Turbo Graphics. Which I assume is a portable Turbo Graphics. Whatever. Nobody played that. No. Nope. Anyway, uh, in 1995, the Virtual Boy came out. It had no competitors. <laughs> it was. It only sold 770,000. It's it, obviously the least successful thing that's it, ever did. It is, but you know what's so crazy is? Think about it. We talked about some consoles being ahead of their time. 
That it wasn't that, that shit was not him. But, uh, you look it was, at it and I like it was red lines flying your face giving no, people no. seizures. And Here's shit. what I mean by ahead ahead of its time. <laughs> it's the graphics of Tron leading to Jurassic Park. It is Yeah, you don't want that burned in your eyes. It, well, I'm saying, here's the thing. If they've been able to miniaturize that headset... Uh, I didn't want LASIK. I wanted Mario. It, it, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a giant vibe yeah. with the technology of the time. It's the Wii U to the yeah. Switch. Mm. It is literally the... Gra- like, that 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 shape and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I swear to God, if I could 3D print a scaled-down version of the Virtual Boy, it would match, like, yeah. dimension for dimension any of the VR headsets of today. Man. Mm. Of course, it had to have a tripod. And you had to hold the controller awkwardly. Yeah, you did. And I've tried to buy about a billion of them. So I think every... You said it's old... Like Justin has seven, 700... I know. Uh, there's a constant battle. When he's on the show, I'm sure there'll be a segment that's just me trying to talk. Tony can only be on the show if he brings his... Buy the virtual, virtual boy. boy. Trying to buy the virtual boy from him. Because uh, he has games. That's, like, yeah, that's the yeah. hardest part. It's not getting the console. So, Game Boy Advance... Try. Game Boy Advance came out in 2001. Yeah. That's even more insane because the thing is not. It feels older. Um, it sold eighty one point five million units, mm. so way less than a Game Boy, but still really good. Well, I mean, it was it was a good system, bro. Yeah, it competed with. Are you ready for this? The N Gauge. Do you remember that? Yeah, the Nokia. Yeah, the Nokia and, and I've never heard of this in my entire life. I wrote it out in all caps. The Tapwave Zodiac. What? <laughs> no Wait, where's where the Nomad? Where's the Nomad? Uh, the Nomad. That's uh, not on my list here. Because it's non existent now. No, the Sega, Sega Nomad. It was, yeah, the, it was no a idea. successor to the Game Gear. Yeah, it's one. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, anyway. According to this, Bro, handhelds are. I love says, handhelds, so I'm, I know there's a big market. I wrote right here there's no successor to the Game Gear. Okay. Let me. Nope, fuck you. Here we go. Google what we do. In 04, just three years after the Game Boy Advance came out. When we graduated high school. The first Nintendo DS came out. Oh, yeah. Okay. And there were a bunch of variants of the DS. Altogether, though, the DS, best-selling console of all time. Hmm. So, 154 million. Nice. Yeah. Um, It competed with only one thing. The PSP. Oh, Oh, the PSP. The The portable Super Nintendo. 300. (laughs) Because that's what people use the PSP for. Really, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I play Power Rangers on it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I had to buy a battery because I keep hacking you buy the batteries. Those UM, keep yeah, you can buy those UMD movies for PSP because oh, that's oh, what yeah. we want on the go. Is a movie this big? You you lie, but I mean, how many people use Netflix on their phone? I don't fucking sure. use Netflix. I don't either, but I see people do it. I have phone. a TV but and a monitor. It. Yeah, people do but it though. People do it. No, and, I know. I'm but I I literally use my PSP just for hacks. I get movies because like they used to be like free. Yeah, pretty much yeah. people will be like this horse shit here's Tokyo Drift and I'm like oh sweet and then the final generation the 3DS the final- and all of its variants that should be the, the least successful portable console Nintendo's ever made has sold 78.43 million units nice still good money yeah Which, uh, like and it competed with the Vita oh, the poor PSP. poor Vita but it had touch control Chris I like my Vita I really do it has a bunch of games that I've played on it. 1995. The Nomad came out in 1995. Nope. Huh? So, uh... <laughs> it was the Sega Genesis Nomad. That nope. was called. I actually saw it and didn't write it down. I was like, <laughs> He's like the hell is a Nomad? That's... Yeah. Uh, okay, so I wrote some fun... It's bad. Uh, I don't know why. 
I don't know what else y'all have, but I wrote down some fun Nintendo facts. Sure, oh, yeah, man. And some good. of them came up naturally in conversation, so we've already said them. But that's what it looked like. Let me see. Oh, I remember that piece of crap. Yeah, everyone does. It's it, it was like this is just the box. That screen like, was like literally screen up in the top. It was like, literally the same screen, I think. Like they probably. just were like we upgraded our graphics. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so tell me if y'all already knew this. The first one's like it's a repurposed Popeye. You know, we already knew that. From 92 to 2016, Nintendo owned the majority shares of the Seattle Mariners. I did yes, know that. I did know yeah. that. And they sold them all off last September? I think. Something like that. I know it was 2016. Really recent, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, do, you, do you know where the name Mario comes from? It was a janitor or something. Nope, it was their landlord. Landlord, that's right. Yeah. Oh. It was the landlord. Yeah. Uh, Mario Siegel, I think was his name, or something like that. Yeah, someone like that. And he was there and when they have their... Seagal. When they're in... They're in Washington. They're in Redmond now. Before they built, they bought like all those acres and built the building. Mm. He he owned the warehouse that they were working out. Hmm. This, this is a crazier one. There's no record of when Super Mario Brothers released on the NES in the U.S. Nobody knows what day it came out. Really, and but that makes sense. They know they get. They know the day in Japan, mm-hmm. and in the U.S. people could find like old advertisements that they could scan. It's like, well, here it is on sale in November, but I it doesn't say like. Out on this date. No, yeah. I always heard it was a launch title. No, it wasn't a launch title. That's oh. the thing. So the NES. I'm going to go back well, to the I didn't know that. Well, the NES, was a launch title. Yeah. The NES came out in October of 85. And Mario came out sometime in October or November. Yeah. They don't know what day. In the, they know it's in those two months. That, that's a mystery. If somebody out there knows, knows. Doesn't, Nobody doesn't, knows. Just You don't know who's there, listening. They might know. There's people right now no. that their families may have moved in like... December of 85 that they have all these newspapers and they move there to might Malaysia be a newspaper that literally says releases on this date but you're forgetting like, something I think that it's important around this time frame and I got, we kind of talked about it earlier games were not released like they are now right there was like you could have you could have a release date set in fact the global release date type thing didn't happen until Sonic Tuesday mm-hmm. with, with yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 being released or Sonic the Hedgehog being released in the US it was you got you got a set your, your release date was when your store got the shipment yeah. which is why you see news articles with different dates like that right, yeah. so I mean I think that's something that's, that's what, what I was assuming I think is, that's why it's so hard to supply, nail that down it, yeah. it was when we got the goddamn game because somebody I think what it was I remember reading like I remember watching this long video about how nobody knows and, like, the best evidence somebody found was, like, a receipt saying they bought Mario 1 on October 18th or something like that. Yeah, you know what? And it's like, well, it was at least available then. It's like, yeah, but that store might have just gotten a copy early. Like, so what was the real release date? Who knows? What I think Nintendo it? would have that record, but even they're like, eh, it was yeah, I think you just hit on my number one Nintendo pet peeve. That they don't know anything no. about themselves. <laughs> no. You said Mario 1. When oh, people yeah. are like Mario, I'm like Super Mario Brothers. Goddamn it! You don't have to. There's no need to call it one. Yeah, Mar- that's I'm, true. I'm like, I, that's a that's that's a super like millennial thing to do. Is be like, oh, have you played Mario One? I'm like, what the hell is Mario One? Is that like the Lost Levels? Well, so you bring that up, but that's interesting because there's Super Mario Brothers, then there's Mario Two, then they finally released Mario the Lost Levels at some fucking point in time in history. I think it was on. Oh yeah, like All Star. Here's the thing: I don't want to bring this up because it, I feel like it's like the trivia that everybody knows. Oh, the but just Super so Mario yeah, 2. just so nobody goes, well, you guys didn't talk about this. 
There was one man in charge of games being localized here in America. Like, he didn't do the localization, but he played the games that came from... The, Japan would send over a box of games. Right. One guy would play them and decide if America would like them or not. It was just this one guy's his, decision. His job title was The Decider. And just a couple of months after Mario came out here, like early 86, he gets a box, and then it is Super Mario Bros. 2. He's like, oh, they already made a second one. Yeah. He starts playing it. And he notes that, one, it looks exactly the same. Two, it's way too hard. He goes to the distribution guy, whoever, and this says, people aren't going to like this. Right. But it's a sequel to, like, one of, like, our biggest game. What should I do? So, like, whenever they sent the game back and said they weren't going to localize it, they said, can you come up with something that would work better for us? And that's whenever they changed Doki Doki Panic into Mario 2. Mm-hmm. And now, we got so much of Mario 2 is now just a part of Mario the Mario Culture. universe. Yeah. Shy Guys, Birdo, uh, Waterfalls. Anyway. <laughs> Logs? Well, yeah, Waterfalls indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of it turnips, radishes, whatever they were. We hit all of my facts almost, except for this one. This one's... I didn't know this until Super today. secret facts. This one I didn't know until today. Super secret Nintendo facts. Tom Hanks was signed on to play Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movie. I didn't know that. His contract was for $5 million. Then they changed their mind to Bob Hoskins because he was more popular from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. They didn't think Tom Hanks had star power. I didn't star know that. Star power. It's um, a pun because of Mario Star Fox. That was pretty good. Like, I see what you did. So wait a minute. What Just imagine. Think? Okay, for one, imagine Mario and Luigi being the same height. I don't like that. Like yeah. Mario being short is important. Well, you know what? I, I love that you guys are like so stuck on that because everyone argues this all the time about who should play who. I'm like in the original game, he's literally Mario with green. <laughs> like, well, yeah. In a mustache. It wasn't until let me think because Mario won. He's just a yeah, re-scan. Mario 2 is when he looks different. Well, yeah. that's because... Because they had to make him look different. Well, it was because it was Doki Doki. Was... Right. Mario 3, they, it's just Green Mario. Mario World, even, he's just Green Mario. It was then Super Mario <laughs> World. It was whenever you got the cartridge that was All-Stars and World in mm-hmm. one cartridge. That Super Mario World version had a different Luigi. And that was the, actually the first time that he was actually taller. I think. But I just it just cracks me up that everyone has an argument. I'm like, really, that's just like that just happened one day. Point. Yeah. So, so going back to the movie, and this is ridiculous, and maybe just after facts on this, uh, the movie was gonna be totally different than what it came out as. I mean the movie You don't say a, the movie was an abysmal failure. Would it be good? Uh, it would have been good. Um, <laughs> oh, it would have. Okay. Tell me about it. I mean, but but they changed it to where the Mario brothers are act their last name is Mario. It's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, which is no, which is which people thought was canon until like an interview a few years ago where they asked and they're like, no, they don't have last names. Yeah, it was Miyamoto. It's like that was just for that dumb movie that yeah. we shouldn't have let them do. But the movie itself was go- it, it was a great idea, the way they had it pulled up. And Bob Hoskins actually breaks his leg or something on the show or while they're filming the movie. Oh, so yeah. things changed. They had to they had to edit the script. So the script that we the movie we see. Is completely different. I just don't think you can blame that on a broke leg. Like they decided to make it Demolition Man. There were there were more. I mean, there were more things, but that that's a paramount <laughs> fact that the movie we He's saw. Like, there were also other reasons, but it was a completely different movie. Is the yeah. point? Yeah. And, well, I mean, maybe I don't, I don't know why they decided to go with that movie. I don't hate that movie completely. I, like I don't it. think it as a Mario movie. It, it makes no sense. It makes no like, sense. Like why at they all. got powered moon boots? I mean, 
You remember blue yeah. shoes? Y'all remember blue shoes? Bungee cords and jump on them. Just, no. Yeah, I do remember moon shoes. Yeah, that's what they had. They had just robotic moon shoes, and then everyone had hair, horrible eighties, nineties, like punk rock haircuts and leather jackets with spikes mm-hmm. on them, and that's all of a sudden the Goombas like. were, were reptiles with little heads and. <sighs> Tell me the movie Bowser with like semi apparently just. Cornrows, like really, oh, yeah. like max headroom. Here, here's here's a here's a, uh, here's a bit of trivia. All right, the current senior vice president of marketing for Nintendo of America's name is Bowser. That's cool. Nice. Whenever they made the announcement video that he had been hired, he uh, the video had in the background on like a bookcase. It had Mario and Luigi plushies chained together, like he like he'd kidnapped them. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I have a question. This is the most important question of the show. All right. All right. What is your favorite console from Nintendo? And what is your favorite Nintendo game? Ooh. <laughs> Where did they sell that? <laughs> In those love hotels. The, right? the it's, Custer, it's called Custard's Revenge. <laughs> oh, it's a real game. No, it's, no, bro. Yeah. I'm not going there. No, uh, it's tough because. I don't have a favorite game in general, like outside, like not even just Nintendo, because like every time I play a game, I'm like that was really good, and then that's just the one that's on my mind for a while until I play another game. Yeah. To me, it's always the eternal struggle between like, like Mario that. Three and Mario World. Ooh, I like that. Okay. I and I always come back to Mario Three as the better game, but then can I cheat and say the best game is? Mario All Stars and World on the Super Nintendo. If it came out, it has as one, one, two, three it, lost levels in a If world. it comes out as one cartridge, yeah. I think it's one game. Like that's Super Mario, that's the winner. <laughs> that's the winner, and it's not, so Yoshi, it's not Yoshi's Island. I love Yoshi's Island, but like it by itself isn't better than the other five games. I, I thought it was okay. I just didn't like it that much. It Why was not? so different. Yeah, it was more different than uh, Mario Two was. Right. Oh, and but the it, other part it, of the trivia, Mario Two. Here was released in Japan as Mario 2 USA and sold better than the real Mario 2 and sold better than Doki Doki Pan. Here's nice. the thing. Here's the thing. That's why it became part of the whole thing. It's a really good game. It's yeah. just weird that it was Mario. I wish we. I wish they'd make another Mario in that vein, like the way they've done the new Mario Brothers <laughs> on Wii and Wii U. I want them to make a new Mario 2 where you get to play as all four of them. Peach floats. Luigi does the flutter jump. Toad's fast. Yeah, I have like shy guys and like all that stuff. Like that'd be really cool. I think it would be interesting to visit, revisit it. I also like the idea that there are actors in a stage and they know it. Like yeah. at yeah. some point, I wish that was a game. I also wish uh, some more that RPG. Was a game on three, three. So no, I don't. RPG I was fantastic. Oh, RPG. Like, the another good between the characters. Another good. You know what? Uh, some more RPG happened. Uh, no. Final Fantasy. Square was making RPGs. Yeah. That would sell crazy good in Japan. They'd come to America, didn't sell very well. That's why, like, what we got was Final Fantasy 3, but it's actually Final Fantasy 6. 6, yeah. That's why the numbers got all messed up over here because they didn't even bother releasing some of them. But they kept thinking, like, there's got to be a way that we can get the market in America, too, for a game. So they went to Nintendo and, like, can we make an RPG with Mario characters? And they said, and we have some of these ideas drawn up. And they, like, had a picture that they'd drawn of Mario on horseback with a sword. Oh. And when Miyamoto saw that, he was like, 
Don't give him a sword. Give him a hammer. Like, that was just his immediate idea. <laughs> yeah. Don't He's give him like, a sword. Give him a hammer. What are you doing? Yeah. So, um, they built the game, like, a little demo to show off. And they had different fighting styles. And they had Mario with a sword and magic. Like a normal RPG. Like a Mickey Mouse game. And then they gave him another set to show off of him with a hammer. And where he just jumped on enemies instead of having magic. Mm. And they're like, we're going to have a vote on which one of these work better. And overwhelmingly, hammer and jumping. As opposed to magic and swords. I'm like, yeah, that didn't really fit Mario at all. Yeah. So, that's why they made that. Because they're like, maybe this will hook people. And it sold better than any RPG that Square had sold in the U.S. at that point. And then they never decided to follow it. Well, I mean, they did. They tried. Well, it's because Square left. Like, Square got mad at Nintendo whenever they made the 64 and it stole cartridges. Because they wanted to make Final Fantasy VII. They were in the process of making it for the Super Nintendo at first. Right. They ported it to the 64, and then they're like, oh, like, the cartridges aren't just part of, like, the dev unit. Like, you're not going to give us discs. They're like, no, no, like, bye. I'm sorry. Uh, this is my personal opinion. Cartridges are superior. I Cartridges are better to an extent because one, they can last longer. Well, that's true. Two, loading times are faster. Yeah, that's it. No, also <laughs> you can you can include hardware. Yeah, you can they're, add processing chips and all that stuff. They're way more durable. They can have right. built-in saves, which at the time was a huge... Everybody yes, had to put in memory yeah, that's very true. I'm sorry. Like, the fact that we don't use cartridges still kind of piss... Well, I mean, we use SD cards now. Right. But the fact that we're not using SD cards blows my mind. That's what's great about the Switch. Like, the Switch lets you download games, but the game cartridges you buy are little cartridges like right. the Nintendo's always cartridges. won me over. Like, that's yeah. one of the reasons I've always liked... I don't like disc. I thought the Wii with the disc was ridiculous. Right. Uh, so, has anybody played the Final Fantasy... Uh, NES version? Final Fantasy VII NES version? I know I wanted to buy that at one point. I have, so the, I have the, what is it, Crystal Like a hundred and something dollars. I don't know, I have the Crystal oh, Saga for like the advance. ROMs like, of like, prototypes, because they never finished seven. I have one, I have one, two, three, uh, the, okay. uh, oh, whatever it's called, eBay Crystal Legacy. It's not real, or it's oh. like, no homebrew or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what's interesting is, Square, like, for a long time, seemed to kind of shun Nintendo. Obviously, like, since the 64. And then, on the newest Super Smash Brothers, everybody freaked out whenever, in one of their announcement videos for DLC for Smash Bros. Cloud. Uh, and uh, the Geno costume for your me from Super Mario RPG. Everyone, because, like, Geno hasn't been in a game in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh... So now there's all these rumors that, like, well, if Square did that, maybe they're working with Nintendo on something that we'll see at E3. I'm like, if they came out and they're like, Super Mario RPG 2, I would just die. Well, it, you realize if they did that, <laughs> the, the Switch would instantly become the best. Oh, yeah. It's game like game. Super Mario RPG 2, only on the Switch. Switch Breath, of the Wild, Breath of the Wild. I mean, those two games alone would convince me to spend the money to buy the Switch finally. Yeah. I'd have to find one, but I think... That would also be one of those times when they suddenly have a bump in supply. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Because they know. Well, that, what's they interesting is I feel game. like with the launch of the Switch, as much as like I know Nintendo pads out the numbers and artificial supply problems and all this stuff, the Switch, like they were working really hard to get out more consoles. I think that they 
were going to trickle them out and the demand was was actually higher than they thought. And they're like, oh. So they were actually, instead of like hiring, uh, like shipping stuff normally, they were just checking boxes of the switches themselves and transporting it themselves hmm. to like get it places faster. They were trying really hard to meet demand as quickly as they could. So I feel like they'll be able to keep that momentum because like, like I said, I know people that want to switch and just haven't been able to get one. Yeah. I got lucky because I, was, I wasn't going to get one. I was going to wait. Yeah. And then the morning that it came out, when I got off work, I was like, I'm just going to go to Target and see if I can get one mm-hmm. without pre-ordering it and stuff. And if I can, cool. If I can't, oh well. And I get there and they're like, did you pre-order? No. Oh, good. Do you want a gray one? And I was like, yeah. They're like, all right. This is the last gray one. That's not pre-ordered. Yeah. Nice. I so like, oh, all right, then. Cool. Like, the next person walked up. They're like, did you pre-order? No, we don't have any left unless you're here for something else. I was like, Sweet. oh. <laughs> so, I got there just the right time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I know a lot of people that are like, I want one. I can't find one. Right. So. What about you? What's your What's your favorite console and game from the Nintendo lineup? So, the console would have to be. Man, it's a toss-up between the Super Nintendo and the N64. But I'm going to give it to N64, and it's because Mario 64 was a really uh, paramount game in my life at that time when it came out. Uh, It was one of the times where I got the console right when it came out. Mm. Typically, I wait. I mean, recently, I got a PS4. And it stayed in the box until yesterday, but I got it. You know, weeks He's ago. like, I'm going to start doing these shows. Yeah. I better, I better have some video gaming experience. Right, get Three days will help me. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, my favorite game that Nintendo made. So this is kind of all, all weird. Is Final Fantasy. They didn't make Final Fantasy. They sure did make Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, the very, the very one. It was one of the first games that actually had to save on the cartridge. Where you had to hold down the reset button and then press the power button so it would save on the cartridge. Square still made that. Nintendo didn't ever make so, so it wasn't a Final Fantasy. Okay, so we're talking just Nintendo main yeah. games. Yeah. All right. So I take it back. It would be the N sixty four as a system, and it would be Mario sixty four. Well, you can still pick the the other systems because yeah. but you said the N sixty four. It's always interesting because like I felt whenever I've had this discussion, or I've seen people have this discussion, people get mad. About what... Because, like, I was saying Mario 3 or Mario World. Mm-hmm. It's a tough choice. What about Mario 64 or Sunshine? Yeah, see, I was thinking Sunshine 64 over wins over 64. Sunshine. I absolutely think Sunshine is yeah, better 64. I and you're like... See, absolutely and you're, here's the funny thing. You're just not like... Like, with Mario 3 and Mario World, we can all respect each other's opinion. Right. But Mario 64 and Sunshine... I was Sunshine. He said 64, and in my head I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with <laughs> And now that we said Sunshine, he's like... I'm like, by no means, what the hell's wrong with I mean, you? Absolutely not. I See, everybody no. gets way more angry about this. I think it's a way more interesting discussion. Well, but I mean, sixty-four was more of a. I mean, the both of them were to announce a new system, but I think that sixty-four was more fun, in my opinion. I, I mean, I just really enjoyed sixty-four. I mean, I can give you I mean, more. I a water why. pack on my back. <laughs> I could okay. Sunshine. Here's, yeah. There's five points. I'm going to make up on the spot. I get to ride Yoshi again. Okay. And shoot water out of my ass. That's weird. <laughs> you just see a doctor. They call that diarrhea, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. To me, Sunshine has way more varying levels. The fact that I have to foot race Koopa the Quick in like six levels in Mario 64. Nah, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I feel like whenever people talk about how great Mario 64 is, it's uh, 
nostalgia. Because when you go back and play it, you're like, oh, this is actually kind of trash. <laughs> I agree. It's like, what it is. It's the it was the first 3D Mario, like real. 3D. Oh, absolutely. And people are like, oh my god, and go and anywhere. And then you go play the game. You 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 can't go anywhere. And it's not. What's funny is like Mario handled the transition to 3D way better than Sonic did. You don't say. Because Sonic hasn't had a good 3D game. To which everyone goes, what about Sonic Adventure? To which I go, you haven't played that in 15 years. You just think it's good. You go back and play it, you're like, oh, wait. Like Mario 64, this is garbage. (laughs) Very few games from that era actually, like, hold up. Because the problem is, he's right about nostalgia. You played it. It was a 3D game. It was amazing when you first saw it because at the time it was so advanced. Oh, yeah. And so you played it and it was awesome because you were still caught up in the novelty. It's like Wii games. I guarantee you this Wii games don't hold up either. Nope. You think, oh, it was so cool. Remember you did it? And then you go play and you're like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I will, I will take my own question now. I'm torn. Good answer. I'm torn between NES and N64. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I thought like console, no matter what you'd say, like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, Even if you I, said Wii, I'd be like, there were some good games on the Wii. Go so on. So novel to, No, I could argue it, but I'm not. Um, Cooking Mama. Is that your favorite game? I have to go with the NES just because even though the N64 controller works, it's still weird. God, N64 is like... Uh, between the C-pad and the Z-pad. Why's your dick longer than your legs? That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a 64 controller. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Chris is now going to have his own merch from our show. Why's <laughs> your dick longer than your legs? <laughs> it's going to be an N64. I would wear that shirt probably. I'm writing that on the board right now. <laughs> Okay, so I, I'm gonna go ahead and pick pick the classic, just because I think that it's amazing to think that it's literally a square with five buttons on it, mm-hmm. and it it played all the adventures that you'd ever want in life. And I think the other thing is I'm torn between Castlevania and Legend of Zelda, and I think I'm gonna go with Legend of Zelda. Mm. One, it gives Castlevania us the, is a Capcom game, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. So there you go. Sorry, Zelda. Uh, <laughs> well, the Zelda because it gives us the rest of Zelda. It's true. And it really all, does. And also, I think it is still one of the best like open world games. Oh yeah. Given the limitations of the time, it's so yeah. amazing. You need to play Breath of the Wild though. And if you uh, play, if you play Legend of Zelda to this day, it holds up. Right. In fact, the fact that you say, I need to play Breath of the Wild, I've already told you this. I'll say it on air. God damn it. They made a 2D version. Did you, hear, did you hear about the guy that made a 2D version? I don't I, I know, but here's the thing. When I want Nintendo to release this, when Nintendo releases this, I will buy everything they have just to have it. because You'll buy a Switch eventually. Well, I'll buy a Switch if they release. Everyone will. If they release Breath of the Wild like 2D or 2.5D. Yeah, like I, I really think... Because what happened was somebody, a fan, made a fan-made 2D. Well, all the assets are there from... Right. But like they, but then like there were also like some shadows and some other, obviously, physics effects and stuff. But basically, he put it up online, and like a week later, Nintendo sent him a cease and desist. Mm. Which Nintendo is really bad about. Sega, um, was it Sega? Couldn't they just make it with the Sonic character? A guy made a... Started making an HD version of Sonic 2 as a fan project. Whenever Sega contacted them, he was like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'll take my game down. And they go, Cool. Also, would you like a job? 
Sega hired him, and he's the one that's working on Sonic Mania, the next 2D Sonic. Well, that's cool. Because he's like, I know how to get the physics right. And I'm like, all right, because all those people are dead or gone now. So <laughs> right. Please help us make a good Sonic game. But with Nintendo, somebody's like, hey, I made this really cool Nintendo fan project. And Nintendo's like, hey, uh, don't, do that. don't do that, or we'll see you. I mean, yeah. And they go, oh, okay, can I have a job? And Nintendo's like, why? Oh. We have people. <laughs> yeah, we already have a, a company. Please go away. But I, I, I just, I hold Zelda. Zelda is one of the few games that holds up. Um, there's a lot of classic games that you remember, like Mario, like Zelda, like mm-hmm. Donkey Kong. Uh, they hold up. That's why they're classics. I think there's a lot of forgotten games that don't hold up, and there's a lot of forgotten games that do hold up, but still. Nintendo overall, this is what I'll say. If you take something like, um, well, no, but there's a lot of Microsoft games even that don't hold up from the Xbox. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Sony games that don't hold up. There's a lot of Sega games that don't hold up. Nintendo's games, I think, hold up best. This is one of the reasons for Overall design. better. Overall oh, better. Yeah. You can go pick a game from the NES to Super NES, and I guarantee you if they're first party, Nintendo's will hold up better than anyone else's. So yeah. I want to do a poll, maybe, while we go through this arc. Sure. And it says, what's the better like the better company? You know, We're going to talk about Nintendo. We're going to talk about... So, uh, Microsoft. We'll talk about Microsoft. Well, you know what we can do because we're not there at the end. Right. Is we can put up a poll with all the systems and games we pick mm-hmm. and see who agrees with us or if somebody has their own opinions. I like that too. Yeah. Uh, because we're doing the Nintendo episode, so that that makes sense. Makes right. sense. Right. So I think uh, we have a good pick here because Chris has got the five and one Mario. It's really hard for me not to just say Breath of the Wild though, but that's because I'm still high on it from just playing it. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Legend. And you're going to pick whatever you want to pick. I don't know. <laughs> Bad games that are... Bad games. <laughs> Super Mario... What was it? 69? You're with uh, Mario Tennis on the Virtual Boy. That's, 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 that's got to be it. Yeah. Uh, um, E3 is really soon. It's about a month away. Nintendo won't be there. Nintendo just does whatever the hell. Nintendo don't they do the Shosenkai? Is that they, what they still do? Nintendo, Nintendo does direct. a direct where they where where I think at, at some point I, I always thought other companies would start doing that too. Nintendo had a Switch um, press conference type, not a conference, but like a presentation, a live presentation that they did in January that they invited the press to, where they're going to show off the Switch, show off some of the features, show off some of the games and release dates and all that stuff. It was awful. The guy on stage, like, was super cringy. He kept laying down on the couch to, like, show that you can play it wherever. So he just lay down. It was, it was really weird. So everybody's like, oh, that's why you do a direct. Because a direct is a completely produced, concise, like, here's everything we want to put in an hour. Scripted, controlled. Demos aren't going to go bad. Because if they are, if they do go bad, we can just record it again and edit it. Like... Mm-hmm. And with other companies, like, I remember uh, two years ago, Sony had, like, a, um, they showed off something for the new Uncharted game, and they're like, all right, we're going to show you running through this area. And they jumped off a cliff, and whenever they hit the ground, they didn't hit it, and they just went straight through the ground, just fell forever. It's like, well, that wouldn't happen if this is (laughs) pre-recorded. And everyone's like, see, now you know it's really the game. And I'm like, (laughs) see, it's really a piece of shit. We're not lying to you. So, it'll be interesting. Because, like, for all we know, they might announce that 2D Zelda game. If they do. They might announce uh, Mario Sunshine HD. Hopefully not. 
They might announce that Mario 64 will be retroactively deleted from history. <laughs> Who knows right what they could do? Well, you know what? It'll be there on the shelf next to Superman 64. Here, here's what people need to concede. Mario 64 DS was better than Mario 64. You ever play 64 DS? Yeah. Yeah, because remember, I, 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 I bought your old DS and gave it to his daughters. So yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I have to agree it. on that. So I have to agree. This is a good yeah. point. And well, poor Star Fox. Poor Star Fox. He, gets, he, gets, he keeps getting and losing his legs. Somebody yeah. tell me what's going on. Well, no. It's because he has robot legs that are built to snap into the R-Wing. Right. I understand. but then He hasn't had legs in, since he was a, a puppy. All right. I think foxes are cubs. Yeah, it's still awkward. Sure. Okay. He was a Pup. cubby. I'd, well, I'd play a game called Star Pup. I'm going to go watch a movie called Baby Driver, so I'm fine with that. Man, I'm going to watch that, and I don't know what the hell it's about. <laughs> it's Edgar Wright, I and that, I was like, I so... That, I just see that cast, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll go watch it. I saw Edgar movie. Wright's name, and I was like, I'll watch the shit out of it. Anyway, that's, that's another story. Anyone have any final Nintendo thoughts? I, I think when Nintendo decides to work well with others, Nintendo will uh, return to controlling the market. I just think that would be the case. Nintendo has two problems going for it right now. One, it doesn't understand its customers. They announced a new Metroid game a couple years ago. You don't hear anybody talking about it because it was a multiplayer uh, sports-type game set in the Metroid universe on the 3DS. And everyone's like, what the hell is this? And they go, don't worry. You just don't know that you want it. Once you played it, you'll know you want it. And everyone's like, no. And then it came out, and everyone's like, also no. And nobody bought it, and nobody played it. They don't understand their customers. Two, the Switch is great because it is a home console, and it's portable. It's both. For some people, it's just one. Some people never take it out of the dock. Some people never, some put, people it. never put it in the dock. So the fact that whenever the Nintendo uh, recently announced a couple of new Kirby games for the 3DS that are coming out at the end of the year, and then they announced that for their E3 presentation, they would be going over new games for the Switch and the 3DS. I'm like, you've got to stop the 3DS. It's a safety net because it's done so well. But as long as you're still coddling that, people aren't going to move over. But I think, the th- I think the reasoning is that there's still a market of people that can't afford to make the Switch so they can afford No, I get that. And but here's, here's what happens with that normally. Like, think whenever the PS4 first came out. For the first year or so, games came out on the PS3 and the PS4. Right. That's the problem. They came out on both. So, like, Call of Duty would come out on the PS3 and the PS4. Well, if they were doing that with the 3DS and the Switch... Then these new Kirby games would come out on both. So if you have the Switch, you can get the better looking version. But if you can't afford a Switch, you can still get on the 3DS. The problem is they're coming out with games that are just on the 3DS and aren't on the Switch. Well, and those may be long-term development games, too, that, you know, are just now reaching market. I think the other thing is the supply chain. Uh, Once you can have Switches on the markets to meet demand, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they'll end I can't see them continue. I agree. It's a giant problem because they're eating their own market. Yeah. They're cannibalizing their own sales. It makes no sense. Unless the fact is people can play 3DS games. They can't play Switch games because they can't get a goddamn Switch. Yeah. That's the, that's the issue. I think 
the biggest thing. I, and I'm going to disagree with you, Sloan, surprisingly. <laughs> I think Nintendo's key to, to maintaining relevant is not to get involved with other competitors because they, they refuse to play the power game of upgrading everything to make it the best and then get outdated. They, fun, they focus on functionality and gameplay and interactiveness. And that's what they need to do. That's what they need to keep doing. And that's what indie developers do. That's why indie developers attach to the Switch so easily. And so I think that as long as they maintain that market, it's good. I think if they go into competing head-to-head against Sony and Xbox, they're so far behind at this time that there's no way for them to catch up in playing the graphics power game and the RAM power game and the processing power game. They're not going to win that. I just... Any console they make, Microsoft and Sony already have plans for the next 20 years on how to do it. Yeah. They'd be starting fresh. Mm-hmm. They'd ride out on name alone. I just I don't think they can do it. And proprietary titles are the reason people buy Nintendo. Like they're on a horse, riding a white horse, riding out like Fabio and stuff. I, no, I, I just mean like father. because you have to get Mario, you have to get Zelda, you have to get Metroid, you have to get, you have to get right. on there. Right. If you could get those on an Xbox, that's a lot less sales for Nintendo. No one wants to play it on a less powerful console that costs the same price. I mean, that's a fair point. I, that's, that's, so that's my guess is, no, they will never open up. I, and actually, I agree with Chris now. I thought they would go third party, but I think he's right. They would sell off their, their properties and just leave quietly in disgrace. Yeah, I mean, the, and that's my major complaint with Sega is that you know Sega had a really good opportunity to win the console war, so to speak, but... Now they're not making console games. Well, well, we'll get to that, but I don't think they ever actually have an opportunity to win. They are always going to be the runner-up. But the problem is that they weren't happy being the runner-up, and their ambition bit them in the ass. We'll get to it. All right, well, this has been an excellent show. And again, I'm going to say thank you to Chris for coming along and kind of sharing your perspective on Nintendo with us. No problem. It was a great joy to be here. I'm excited to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he, he broke himself up. See, he actually did enjoy himself. He couldn't fake I it. I did enjoy myself, but I was trying to like have like a professional sounding. I really appreciate you guys inviting me onto your podcast, and I had a great time discussing Nintendo and all things Nintendo, and also some general video game things and about how the dick's longer than the legs. Yeah, that's what you said. That's it. And uh, again, you can find him on Massive Score. You can find him as Cario Dude on everything in the world. I'm Cario Dude on Twitter, Facebook. I'm not Cario Dude on Facebook. Cario Dude on Twitter, Steam, PSN, Xbox Live. Uh, what else is there? MySpace. Uh, uh, everywhere. Maybe. MySpace, probably. Uh, Snapchat, Instagram, all those oh, things. Oh, on Snapchat, I'm Cario Dude. If you want to see me. Just be weird. <laughs> that was awkward. But on the Massive Core channel, for more gaming stuff, definitely an entertainment. Yeah, Massive Core has a lot of different stuff. Uh, I'm about to put up a video about why Patreon's bad, so go ahead and watch that. <laughs> and then give to our Patreon. <laughs> and then make sure to give to these guys Patreons. Uh, they only have one, and it's not me. Yeah. And I don't even feel bad about it. <laughs> well, that's a big endorsement. <laughs> that's a big endorsement. Uh, also, the Massive Score channel, it's just cool. It's just cool. Check it out. Uh, he gives. I have I have four patrons on my Patreon. Good reviews of movies and things too. And yeah. he's also on the Nerdtastic Four with me. So yes, check out the Nerdtastic Four podcast. The Nerdtastic. Four we do things. We ramble through uh, all kinds of nerdiness. All right. We make our way. So excellent. This is again Shalom Desmond signing off. The, the consistency in Disney doesn't make sense to me. Donald Duck doesn't wear pants, but he wears a shirt. 
Right. Mickey Mouse wears shorts and doesn't wear a shirt. So, there's cherry. what's being covered up? Okay, the Great Depression was rough on everyone, Chris. Sometimes you didn't have a choice. That's why Mickey gets the shoes and the gloves and Donald gets the hat and the shirt. Okay, there's Sherry. And that's why Goofy, Goofy represents the industrials because he has a hat and shirts and a glove and a vest. He has a vest, okay? Goofy's, yeah. He's also a dog that has a pet dog. His name know. was Dippity Dog. Dippity Dog. <laughs> anyway. That's disturbing, by the way. Isn't what? it, though? That, that Goofy is a dog. But Pluto, Pluto is also a dog. But Pluto lives in a dog house, <laughs> and Goofy gets to have his actual house with his son. Right. So it's like... I think they're different species, though. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, but like... No, it's like us putting monkeys in zoos. We're technically, is it like that, or is it like racism? No, we're technically primates. I mean, we, we put chimpanzees in the zoo, and they can use tools and paint. I feel like that's not the same. I think it is because I think he's a separate species. 